106.9. Welcome to the Sansbury Show. We're broadcasting live at the Giant Eagle up on the Strip, 6493 Strip Avenue, North Canton, to benefit the long haul against hunger. Akron Canton Regional Food Bank. Oh, no, wait. That's right. It's Monday. I, uh, I must have said that so many times on Friday that I went home and in bed while laying there waiting to go to bed. I'm almost murmuring it. Just out of habit. I, dude, you're like, don't get me wrong. Doing charity is amazing. It's the best thing you can do. And in this position, having this position that Fantone and I both have, we should do it. But by the end of the day, you feel like a Delta like flight attendant. Thank you for flying Delta. Thank you for flying Delta. It's like the same phrase over and over and over. Oh, you're the dude running the uh, the uh, the roller coaster at Cedar yes. Point. Like, Keep please, your arms, your arms inside. Yes. Inside. And now you'll be going up to the top peak at 500 feet. You're going to be doing, you know. That's why the speech at 730 in the morning sounds amazing. 645 at night, it just sounds like, give me the hell <laughs> I actually was, uh, I was talking to my mom about the long haul against hunger. And she was like, yeah, I was listening to you. I was going somewhere, doing something. And she's like, it was probably three o'clock, four o'clock in the afternoon. And I heard Dan say something that was just incorrect. <laughs> and she was like, it was just wrong. And she's like, you didn't even say anything. I don't even know if you noticed. And I'm like, no, once you get to a certain point of a broadcast, it doesn't matter what you're saying. No. Like the things, the things coming out of your mouth don't matter. Anymore. No, it's, I, I remember the first year we tried to do fractions at like 430 in the afternoon and it went all bad. <laughs> Just went all bad, and then yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure that happened a couple of times on yeah, Friday. Just got the, just got a case of the stupids. You, because uh, here's the thing, you got time to fill, and you're handling a very serious subject. So you, right. so you stick to the script as much as you possibly can. Oh, because yeah. if you say the wrong thing, surrounded by a charity, you can get yourself in a lot of trouble. People get angry really fast. So first and foremost, before we even get you know any further into this, I want to say thanks to everybody who came out because again, this was our third year. This is our third time doing this. The the uh, the no, the donations have gone up every single year and significantly. So that means you know we're all building together. I right. you know what I mean. I really really like that. I want to thank the four fifteen group one more time, Huntington Giant Eagle, all the corporate sponsors, and of course the Akron the Akron Canton Regional Food Bank uh, for all the hard work that they did. That was a was a long but fun day. Yo, dude, long long days an understatement. It was a uh, it was a it was one hell of a tough ride, and uh, I just wanted to personally thank you, Stansbury, for having an even longer day than I had by yeah. finishing off the broadcast there strong in the last like hour and a half that I had to leave early. So thanks, buddy. Yeah, I appreciate uh, it. Fantone had to go over to the Civic Center as he's now one of your in arena. Host for the Canton Charge. How'd that go? Uh, pretty good. I felt like everything went pretty well, according to all reviews and everything that I heard. Everyone said, "Like, dude, pretty good job, man. Kick good. ass." So uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, I can't wait to do it again Wednesday night. I will be uh, this right, right back at it, seven o'clock downtown Canton, the Civic Center. Uh, nice. Canton Charge basketball, man. I'll be uh, getting the crowd hype. Nice. We're uh, we actually have to get into the Cavaliers. We'll do that here in a little bit. Of course, uh, later in the six o'clock hour. LeBron had some interesting things to say about the team. So you feel confident? You feel good? You feel like uh, you, you feel like that's going to be a good job for you? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. There's no question about it. Um, you know, long haul against hunger was a long day that we just mentioned. Um, and I had to go directly to the civic center afterwards. Usually, after working for 12 hours, it's like, dude, I can't go to my second job. Right. Uh, but Friday, man, I was just so excited to be there. The crowd was really excited to be there. Uh, the charge, unfortunately, didn't win on Friday. They won Saturday, so it was it was one of those things where it was like, oh man, I really wish you guys would have won for my <laughs> for my game, but. Right. Still, um, it was a ton of fun, and yeah, dude, it should be a good time. I, uh, I, uh, I think it's going to be a roaring success. A lot of people came up, and you know, were, were like, "Dude, love the show, listen all the time." So it was cool. That's good. That was good stuff, right? That, there. that was good. Going was good back to Friday right for yeah. long haul. 
from the last number I was told, which was this was Friday night when I was driving home, the last number I was told was 130,000. Now, the way this always works is that, you know, you give it a day or two, or whatever, the rest of the phone, you know, right. you know, donations start to right. come in, the number's actually going to go up. But the last number I was told was 130, which I found to be wildly impressive. Like I said, I looked at my Facebook, like, notifications from, like, you know, they give you, like, your memories from, like, a year ago. So, right. like, last year, it was 94,000. So the money, the the financial, I don't know what the pounds of food were this year, but the the money, the you know, the financial end is growing every single year, which is all moved from that, you know, from long haul against hunger on Friday. I think it's worth saying out loud, the money's not to say more important, but the money goes further than the food does. I mean, at the end of the day, that I think that's okay to say that like financial donations on any charity. I think everybody knows money's important. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's awesome. It's, it's awesome to give up some macaroni and cheese, but at the same time like cash is king in everyone's life including nonprofits. so you know if for that to be the case for the money to grow like it has obviously people are responding well to what's happening on that because a lot of the times the food will get donated by corporations and grocery stores and and, and that right. kind of thing right. but the money is what's needed to get it from point a to point b and all that well and there's the feel good of like hey i'm giving up a can of soup and like you know oh i'm literally feeding someone it doesn't necessarily is it's not as what do i want to say impressive of a visual to be like, oh well, hey, I'm helping the trucks run, or hey, I'm right. helping, I'm helping fix the large refrigeration. You don't unit. feel as good about that. Yeah, when you when you when you're giving yeah. up the like, oh, it's food, it's crackers, it's 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 bread. That Look I'm, at me being a good person, right? Where like yeah. where, where where the dollars are what actually is driving you know the the trucks and and keeping the food cold and all that stuff. This was the first time we've teamed up with Giant Eagle, um, you know, in the grocery stores and the like to do this event, and I, I was a big fan of that. I think it's a great place to do it. I think it just makes all the sense of the world. People are going to be walking out with groceries and be like, all right, here you go. And you're throwing in the guilt factor there a little bit, right? right? Which is always going to help you. Right. And just selfishly, I can say this. Being inside made all the difference in the world for this for me. Like, Fantone and I both said to each other, it's like, dude, this is flying by. And it's like, yeah, because we're not shivering outside in the freezing gold. Like, that first year when we were in front of the radio station with no heaters, you felt every minute of that day. Like, when I got done Friday night, I could have done that for another three hours and wouldn't have cared because I was inside. And you know what I mean? I was fed properly, and, and it, I was doing something nice for somebody else and was warm while doing it. And that made it so much easier. Now, there's, you know, actual real men listening to the radio right now who are like, hey, you two idiots i'm gonna be outside all day well that's your job i don't you know what i mean like i don't know what to tell you you're a hard gristled real man me and sansbury we're soft dude we are just 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 gooey on the inside i'm wearing gloves loaded with vaseline right now Uh, how was the rest of your weekend? Uh, what else did you do? Did you do anything? Phantom's whole thing was Saturday. I'm not doing nothing. Now. No, dude. Saturday it was one of those like I didn't look at my phone. I didn't look. Good I was you. dead to the world. Um, it's a weird weekend in the sense of like on one hand I, I felt like it was really long. I feel like we took a break or something. I, feel I like, do feel like it was long. You know what I mean? Yeah. And we, dude, I mean we we worked a 12, 13 hour day on Friday. I don't know why. It's like oh, dude, feel like I haven't seen you in forever. But there's a it little does bit of feel that longer, on me. Yeah. even though we were together more than we normally yeah. are deep into. Friday, I uh, so Saturday morning. Luckily, I, uh, I I was able to wake up and uh, I went down to where I bank, which is CSE. Uh-huh. And our buddy, friend of the show, Lamar Sharp, had been doing like a toy drive for local kids. And he had hit me up earlier in the week last week and said, "Hey man, can you help me promote this?" And I said to him, "I was like, Look, dude, I got long haul like the day before. I can't really confuse people." With the charity message this right. week. You know right. what I mean? I said, I'm sorry. I said, I really, I just, I can't 
confuse people on what the charity message is this week. I said, I will tweet it out for you. I will Facebook. I said, and I will absolutely come to it. So I woke up Saturday and then I, I, I just, and I admittingly, I was like, oh my God, I forgot to buy toys. So I went into that Rite Aid over there by like 12th and Market right. and just went down the toy aisle and bought like one of everything right. and bought, you know, and took some toys over there. Cause dude, CSE is that, you know, that's a corporate business that I, you know, that I endorse. I endorse CSE and uh, Lamar Sharp is, you know, a Canton police officer. It's out there, you know, doing what he believes is the most important thing, which is community policing, which is amazing. So I saw him and our, uh, dude, our other buddy Tony, our other cop buddy Tony was there that day. And uh, I always forget like uh, when I haven't seen Lamar in a while. How big that dude is. Huge. Huge. He's big. I walked right up to him and he shook my hand. I was like, dude, you're a huge human. Didn't he play college football somewhere? Yeah. Where was it? I, I can't remember. I don't know, but it was like, I, I forget where it was, but but it was like legitimate. I didn't want to be like, oh, hey, stereotypical, like a large. You're big and black. Yeah, you play football, right? I am black, man. You play collegiate sports, I mean, dude, right? there was at least one ball floating around <laughs> somewhere in the air in a hoop in somebody's hand and you were part of it, right? That's the way that works, right? Big Black have to play the sports there. But he did. <laughs> Jeez, man. Tony, yeah, you're right. Man. I'm glad I was right. He did play college football. As part of I the believe sport. he did. Okay, I believe. Good. Let's do it. It better not have been. Watch it be water polo. And we're just completely wrong. We do have rock on the range tickets. By the way, if you yeah. did come out for long haul against hunger on Friday, we were signing people up for a three-day pass. Yeah. Uh, actually, a pair of them. Uh, three-day passes for Rock on the Range. That person will be notified this week via the phone whether or not you won. But we have another pair of three-day passes for Rock on the Range. We'll do that around 9 o'clock this morning. Scott from WaitingForNextYear.com will join us at 8 a.m. But I want to get Fantone's take on what LeBron had to say about the Cavs. We'll do it next. Hang on. 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show at Rock 106.9. Tomorrow at 9 o'clock is New Tour Tuesday. Play some new music. Judge it. If you would like to be featured on New Tour Tuesday, send me your stuff local bands to stansbury at wrqk.com a couple of local bands have made big waves doing that fatal method dropped their record off on friday while we were broadcasting live at giant eagle took a listen to that pretty good it's pretty good you can get your band played send in your info and one of your songs stansbury at wrqk.com we have rock on the range tickets we'll pass those out around nine o'clock we'll talk to scott from winning for next year.com at eight Get a look at the college football playoff and also the Cavaliers. Not so many, uh, not so much Browns as they were off yesterday. Did you miss the Browns a little bit yesterday? No, I did, dude. Is that I right? Did. I don't know why. I don't know. I do. I would. I would have sat there. I would have texted through it and been on my phone and slept through and watched it. maybe twenty minutes of it. Right, but there was something about it yesterday during the like it was probably two o'clock and I'm just sitting there like, well, I guess I could watch another episode of Cops. On some level, it's your afternoon's incomplete. Yeah. On just, some level, it did. It just felt. It just felt a little off. Not watching the Browns again. I'm gonna say. I said this last week. I'm gonna say it again this week. I think a part of the reason the NFL is dealing with ratings problems, although, however, now that the election's over, they're kind of steadily rising back up. But there were a million good games yesterday, and none of them were on TV. Unless you had, like, DirecTV, which I don't right. have. Unless you have an NFL Sunday ticket. Dude, honestly, NFL fans get robbed. You just, dude, they put all these crappy games on TV that you don't care about. And they never switch. Like, if a game's, like, out of hand by, like, the third quarter, it's not like they switch. And so you're stuck watching the stuff that you just don't care about. 
I wonder how long it'll be until the NFL decides to take that out of DirecTV's hands and turn it into like a... Uh, the I, other like, carrier's got to be vying for it, right, on some level? I, I would say more than giving it to the other carrier, rather than giving it to like cable or whatever, I would do it via the NFL the network. network. Yeah, I would be like, hey, if you want it, it's it's $25 a month or it's X amount. We'd pay and, it. And I would take the, middle, totally pay take the middleman out of the equation. No DirecTV, no Time Warner Cable, no, no, no anything like that. This come is, straight to us. You come to the app and you watch it via the NFL app or network or whatever they wanted to call it. Yeah, I would do I mean? it. Oh, of course, I think I would everyone do would. I, I I don't see. I mean, I, I don't know how long the ca- the ca- the contract with Directv or cable or whatever is, but dude, I would. Yeah, totally, I don't know what that is. I would totally take ownership of that, and and you pay us, and that's how that's how you can watch every NFL. I game. wish I would have thought about it at the beginning of the season because now that we're you know where we are in the season is probably not worth it now. But the red zone channel is amazing too. Like they kind of show you all the scoring of right. all the games, right. and that's only like I, I looked into it yesterday, and it's like ten more dollars a month on my cable bill. But oh, my cable, well. but my cable bill is already pretty damn high. Like, you know, like my cable bill is already way too much money. Ah, it's only ten more bucks. Ah, it's ten more bucks, Stansberry. Don't worry, it's just ten more bucks, dude. It's not gonna be that big of a deal. You say that enough times, it turns into a big deal pretty quick. And then I'm gonna need the NBA, like what your scoring channel, and then I'm gonna, need, you know, all these things. And so, yeah, I just. There were a lot of games yesterday that I wish I was able to watch that I wasn't able to watch, although I did watch some of that Sunday night game last night with the Seahawks and, and, and the Panthers. Dude, the Seattle Seahawks, pretty good. Yeah. They're pretty good. That team is pretty good. And, you know, when you uh, when you, when you you make the schedule at the beginning of the year, you're like, dude, Seahawks, Panthers, that's going to be an awesome game. Sunday yeah. night, prime time, get it on. And then it's like, oh, it's the Seahawks right. and the Panthers. And the, dude, the Panthers are just one of the, those teams. This happens, I guess, in football a lot, where a team will make the Super Bowl and then you don't make the playoffs the next year. Well, I mean, you think about it, and I always say with the NFL, it is the easiest uh, league to go from four and twelve to twelve and four. You know what I'm saying? I feel like and vice that, versa. I feel like that happens on a somewhat regular basis, where teams go from relative obscurity up into contention, and then pff, right back down into it. So. Yeah, I would agree. And you know, Cam's just not having the year that he had last year. He's just not. You know what I mean? He's uh, he's having a year more in line with the other five years or the other four years, I should say, of his career. Where you know he completes about fifty eight percent of his passes. I've been hearing this a lot, and Colin. Howard's been saying this for now three months, and he's absolutely right about it. And that's Cam Newton is a star. He's not a great quarterback. He's a star, 6'5", good-looking, everybody loves him, and the media tells you how you should love him, but if you look at the stats, he's below average. Not below Tom Brady, Drew Brees. He's below average in every quarterback category. It's just the media tells you you're supposed to love him. And at the end of the day, dude, he's not that good. And Cam Newton is the perfect example why I should never second-guess myself ever, even if an athlete has a good year. I said when he came out of college, yeah, he'll be running the mill. Sure enough, six years in, he's running the mill. So that's And I agree with Colin. He's, he's a star for sure. You, you can't deny that. Totally a star. Not a great quarterback. So LeBron James is a little upset with your Cavaliers fan tone. It seems like uh, he's uh, he's a little bit annoyed about how they've been playing. Well, I think everybody uh, who is a Cavaliers fan should be a little bit upset about uh, how the Cavaliers Was it playing. like uh, three losses in a row? Three losses in a row and all frustrating losses, too. I understand that you know every team is going to give you their best shot when you're defending champions, and you're going to have to deal with that. That's just the inevitability. And I also understand that there's going to be stretches of losing, but uh, just three frustrating losses with a lot of like... Y- 
you, you, dude, you guys have to play defense, but dude, you have to. You can't turn the ball over like that, dude. What are you, what are you taking that shot for? It wasn't like it wasn't like the ball just wasn't falling in. I just felt like they were playing sloppy basketball over the past three games. So LeBron took his team to task in a uh, what I would assume is a post game interview, and uh, he had a very interesting quote. And we'll let you take a listen to that now. I gotta get out of the honeymoon stage. That's yeah. the, that's our headline for tomorrow. I know y'all gonna use it. Um, how you do that? You gotta play the game the right way. You got to battle every night like we ain't won nothing. Last year is last year, and after ring night, is over with. So now it's a new season, and everybody is gunning for us every night. And we have to understand that. So honeymoon stage is over. It's time to play some real ball and be physical, and you know, especially in the trenches. Giving up 78 points is ridiculous. You got to man up, everybody. LeBron calling the team out there. Apparently he had a 30-game winning streak, Fantone. That was broke the other night. Normally, when he scores 20 and gives you 10 assists, he had won 30 games in a row when he had those kind of stats. That was broken, and uh, which is which is saying something. He finished, uh, James did, with 27 points, 13 assists, but he also had a season-high eight turnovers. Oof, giving him 20 during uh, the three consecutive losses. Yeah, Cavs were sloppy with the basketball. They were. Now, see, I've heard this, and I don't know if this is true or not, so you know more about the NBA than I do, so I'm interested to get your take here. But I've heard guys like LeBron and guys like Russell Westbrook, um, their turnover rate is always higher because the ball is always in their hand. And they're yeah. always handling the basketball, so their turnovers are going to be higher than some other players. Yeah, I mean, th- th- there's no doubt about that. I mean, LeBron obviously being able to play the point guard position is going to put more turnovers into his column. At the same time, that doesn't necessarily change the fact that not only he, but the Cavs as a whole just weren't protecting things well. They weren't, I mean, they weren't shooting well, they weren't playing defense well, and they haven't been. And honestly, dude, I'm a little bit, like, good. Like, I, there's a little part of me that's like, it's early. I mean, it's December. It's the beginning of December. If you're going to so, have these kind of pains, rather have now. And, and 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 instead of, you know, cakewalking through the entire NBA regular season, good, throw some adversity, throw some hurdles in front of them. I remember last year everybody was saying they need it, you better give right. them some adversity, otherwise they're not going to know how to handle it when it hits them in the finals. Right, so you you, you as a team kind of have to bunker down, and you know, I uh, I think it's worth noting that Channing Fry was out for a part of this yeah. and obviously dealing with two parents that he lost within a month's span right there, that's going to mess with your head. Um, sure J.R. Smith has been pretty much non-existent recently, so there's a little bit of concern there. But if you have a couple guys who are slumping at the same time and you kind of play lazy, which I think the Cavs have over the past three you're gonna games, lose. you're going to lose games. Yeah, so, you're going to lose you games. Know, I mean, there's obviously room for improvement. There's obviously going to be points of the season where these guys have to figure out what's going on, and it's much better to, much better to happen in December than it is in May, you know? LeBron went on to say, you have to play the game the right way. You've got to battle every night like we ain't won nothing. Last year's last year, and after ring night, it's over with. I agree. And this is his job. When things aren't going, you know what I mean? It's his team. It's his franchise, essentially. And when things aren't going well, he's got to be the guy. And you know what I mean? And LeBron is good at calling everybody out while throwing himself in the situation, too. It's not like he's out there going, well, you know, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing, but these other schmucks aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing. No, he throws himself in it. And uh, I agree with you that I think uh, ultimately this is probably good right now. You want to make LeBron kind of not mad, but you want to get him focused. If he's focused, the rest of the league is screwed. If LeBron bears down and gets focused, I, you know what I mean? The rest of the league is in serious, serious trouble. I don't think there's too much to make of the Cavaliers there. I think they'll probably rebound, play pretty well. We'll talk to Scott uh, from winningfornextyear.com at 8 o'clock. It turns out that the Baldwins 
And our president-elect, Donald Trump, are going back at it some more. We'll get into that next on The Stansbury Show. Dansk 106.9. Welcome back to The Stansbury Show on Rock 106.9. We're online at WRQK.com. You're going to want to head over there as uh, Fantone's favorite celebrity ever. Fantone's favorite celebrity ever. Mr. Kick the Dust Up, Luke Bryan. One time now! Mr. Mr. Kick the Dust Up, Luke Bryan. Put a damper in! Went a little crazy at a performance the other night, dude, and he slaps a fan. He smacked the fan from the stage. Video's online. If you haven't seen that yet, WRQK.com. Luke Bryan. You may want to watch, you may want to watch your mouth about Luke Bryan, dude. That's the last thing you need. It's him coming here to, you know, Canton's new country, 99.7, walk across the hallway, smack you. Kick the dust up. Half of Canton just went, yes, please. Slap the dipper right out of your mouth, yeah. dude. Dude, he resorted to violence, Luke Bryan did. Videos online, WRQK.com. You can check that out. And again, you can hear Fantone make fun of country music Tuesdays at 9 during New Tour Tuesday. Come which on is, now, that's, one that's, time, please, Murray. Dude, the amount of times I heard that on Friday at Long Hall where we were broadcasting live, the amount of times people came up and yelled that and loved that. Dude, people do love that. It's funny because it's true. They got a dipper in. They're getting the thing stuck one time. Kicking it up now. Come on. Speaking of which. What is that? I met a, uh, I met a, I met a whole group of kick the dust uppers. I, uh, I don't know if that's a real group of people or not. I don't know if that's real, but I, I just, dust I just created it. The kick the dust uppers. I, uh, dude, you know, I met like half of the Strasburg Fire Department the other night. Really? Yeah, it was out Saturday night. I was hanging out with a friend of mine, and they were all out for uh, one of their. I think his name was Joe. His birthday, or no, he was getting married. Somebody else's birthday, but there was like I don't know. There's like thirty of them all in the bar. All kicking the dust up. Yeah. All and the one, dipper in And there. now, and dude, one of them said to me, he's like, I love when Fantone makes fun of country music. I love that. I said, okay, yeah, I understand that. Most people do. And he says, but, he says, when you get a little too heated, a little too uh, anxious, and sometimes you'll you'll stutter a little bit, Fantone will. He says that, <laughs> he thinks, dude, it always reminds him of Tina Belcher from Bob's Burger. Uh... <laughs> and it did, it made me laugh. But uh, apparently, dude, we're pretty big with the Strasburg Fire Department. So, Stras Vegas, happy to have you guys on board. Yeah, Stras Vegas, one time now. Kick the dust up. So, happy to have you on board. Of course. All right. So, uh, our president-elect, Donald Trump, is, uh, well, he's a Twitter fan. He likes being on the social networking. He does. And uh, he's a big fan of Twitter. I wonder if this is going to help Twitter because they've had some issues recently over the past couple of years of like, well, we can't monetize it. Not as many people are using it as they once was. But Trump loves Twitter. So I would assume for the next four years, Twitter is pretty safe. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good estimation there. Because he does. He loves it. Loves it. So SNL went back at him, I guess, Saturday night with, what, more Alec Baldwin, right? Of course, and I would assume that every Saturday night from here for the next four years, they will continue to do so. Yeah, but I, I, I guess he was part of the cold open, and, uh, you know, Trump was watching this, apparently, and he tweeted about it. He says, I just tried watching Saturday Night Live, unwatchable, totally biased, not funny, and the Baldwin impersonation just can't get any worse. Sad. I was telling Fantone during the break, I love when Trump like signs off his tweets with like that one word exclamation point. Sad. Awful. So Alec Baldwin responds and says, release your tax returns and I'll stop. So of course, like the internet went crazy. Internet went crazy. Oh, see, he should just give Alec Baldwin the tax returns and then they'll stop. A, no, they wouldn't. <laughs> no, they wouldn't. 
And B, you can't do that. You can't, you can't allow Alec Baldwin to back you into a corner over an impersonation of you and then fold and give him what he wants. What kind of world leader is that? What kind of president is that? If you can be backed into a corner off a pundit over a comedian and you're going to fold to a comedian, what are you going to do to a, to a leader of a foreign nation that wants to kill us? You're going to fold. You can't give Alec Baldwin what he wants. Can't negotiate with him. Can't do it. But I would also say, Trump, you got to get over this. Yeah, should he even be engaging Alec Baldwin? Should he even be engaging Saturday Night Live? I mean, you kind of have to act as if you're above it. Right? And yes, this is... For all of the things that people have tried to, you know, hang around Donald Trump's neck, the one thing that you can totally say about him, and it's totally true, is he is petty. Like, he's petty. And I'm not sure that the president should be petty. I don't remember... But I can imagine that those late night shows were all after Obama early, right? Of course. I would imagine there had to have been a bunch of that. Of course. As there should be. I yes, mean, like, let's that's be, what those shows are for. Yeah, let's be real. You know, it's not like this is a new thing to make fun of politicians, to make fun of the president. Like, that's what they, that's what SNL is there for. Right. That's, that's what Jimmy Kimmel is there for. That's what those guys should be doing is making jokes. I agree. About topical things. I agree. That's their job. That's how we kind of, as a culture, we kind of keep these people in check is by making fun of them through comedy and exposing some of the things that they do in a serious fashion, but doing it as like, ah, you can laugh at this, but then it kind of like raises awareness on things. That's what that's what Push the Envelope comedy is supposed to do. I'm not the biggest SNL fan, but you got to admit, I mean, dude, Alec Baldwin does a halfway decent Trump. Yeah. I watched the first one of these. I didn't think it was that funny. It was like, okay, he's in the ballpark. I mean, he looks like him. He sounds, you know what I mean? He does a decent job with it. Even as I go back to like, dude, the, like the SNL heydays of like, oh, dude, Adam Sandler's up there. Or, you know, you can go back to whenever your SNL Eddie Murphy, was. all right. those guys, yeah. Whoever your dude was, whoever. Right. I mean, like, there is a little bit of like, dude, I just don't know if sketch comedy is necessarily as funny as it once was. The concept of like, oh, dude, it's going to be a, a variety show. It's just not as like, I don't know. It's just not revolutionary. As, yeah. that once was. We're like 30 years ago when you didn't have as many you know entertainment options. It was like, all right, SNL. This is amazing. It's funny. It's fresh. It's new. It was appointment television. I don't, I don't necessarily need that out of it anymore. So I don't know if SNL was ever going to have a shot at being as funny as it once was. I haven't been a regular SNL viewer in a long, long time. And we're approaching 15, 20 years maybe since I've watched it consistently. But uh, the last couple of weeks, I've like at least poked in on it. And that Kate McKinnon woman's pretty funny. Like she's pretty. I, I feel like that's probably like the highlight of their staff right now. For me personally. I mean, I don't, you know, I don't know how we judge that, but But I don't think Trump's going to release his tax returns cuz Alec Baldwin says so. And if he does, it makes him look really really bad. Just I mean, and we don't have much time here, but I mean, Trump's the whole thing during the the campaign was well, I can't do it because I'm under audit. Eventually he's not going to be under audit, audit anymore. anymore. What's the excuse going to be then? Should he release his tax returns? Is it st- I don't know. Is it standard for them to do that? Oh, yeah, it's pretty yes, standard, 100%. right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, then yeah. Then yeah, I don't think you could be the one guy that doesn't. You know what I mean? If it's standard, it's not necessarily... If I remember going back to the election when this was like a whole thing. It's not required, right? Just most people just do it to get out in front of it. Correct. Okay. All right. Well, then, yeah. I I, I think if it's standard and you're not doing it, not that... Well, you have to because it's standard, but it does speak to, well, what don't you want people to see? If it's standard and most people do it to get out in front of it, it's because they're trying to say to you, I have nothing to hide. And if you're resistant... That speaks to maybe you do have something to hide. Now, I don't know. But he's rich. He was born rich. 
my guess is he do there's something in those taxes he doesn't want people seeing, right? He knows how to get, he knows how to maneuver things around. So I'm sure there's probably things you don't want to see, but you can't show them to the country because just because Alec Baldwin said so. I'll go back to my original point, which is, dude, if, if, dude, if you allow that guy to back you in the corner, what's ISIS going to do to you? Back you right into a corner. It's exactly what they're going to do. All right. I have about what is most likely going to be the most 2016 story there is. Nice. I've been saying this for a while as we were gearing up for the holiday season. I was like, you watch. Even Santa will be controversial this year. Even Santa will be controversial this year. And sure enough, there's a huge controversy surrounding Santa Claus in Minnesota. You won't believe this. We'll break it down for you next on The Sands Radio. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to The Sands Radio Show on Rock 106.9. We'll talk to Scott from winningfornextyear.com at 8 o'clock. Get a look at the college uh, football playoffs. I believe Ohio State going to play Clemson there. We'll get a look ahead at that. A lot of NFL action yesterday. Browns had the, uh, had the day off. Thank God. God knows they could use it. And the Cavs lose three straight. Interested to talk to Scott about that, so we'll do so. 8 a.m. this morning. So 2016 is like the year of everybody being offended. Everybody being mad. Everybody being mad about nothing. I'm just going to be mad. I just want to be mad. I just want to be offended. I have these platforms, and you should hear my opinions, and they need to be validated even though they're you know, based in craziness. Welcome to the world. We gave everybody a megaphone, and now all we hear is complaining, and I'm offended, and this is wrong, and you need to switch it. It's all that happens anymore. And now, out of Minnesota, the Mall of America was like one of the biggest malls in America. At one point, yeah. it was. I don't know if it still is or not. But at one point, it was like the biggest mall in America. I've actually been. My brother went to college in Minnesota. I've been up there a few times. So the Mall of America is pretty... I mean, it's big. I mean, it thinks it's massive. And a news channel there, Fantone, had to turn off the comments on one of their stories surrounding a mall Santa at the Mall of America. Now, again, the Mall of America, huge. There's a roller coaster inside of it, for Christ's sake. I mean, the place is huge. Giant, yeah. So I don't know. I would assume that the Mall of America has more than one Santa, I would think. Even at any one given time, I could see it like, yeah, Santa's on floors three, six, and nine. I could see that. Probably a somewhat safe assumption there. I mean, I know there's, you know, there's, there's, you know, malls that will have different Santas in different stores. You know what I'm saying? Like the Bass Outfitters, they're up, there's the one. And then over there in the, in the, you know, it's the fastest way to get all the kids in right now. Right. right? Makes all sense in the world. Okay. But the Santa experience inside the Mall of America is uh, bringing a unique experience to the Twin Cities this year. For the first time since it is opened, a black Santa Claus is going to help spread the Christmas cheer, which I can't believe this is going to be the first time this has happened since this mall is opened. Now, Santa Larry Jefferson is from Dallas, okay? And he's going to spend four days taking pictures and videos with families by appointment at the Santa Experience. Now, Jefferson says this is no big deal. I'm still Santa. I just happen to be a Santa of color. Okay. He is one of thousands of Santa's helpers who uh, pose for pictures inside of malls and shopping centers across the country. You know where this is going. This is going to people freaking out over the fact that there's going to be a African-American Santa Claus. Which I don't get. I don't understand that at all. 
the news station had to turn off the comments on this story on their social networking sites because people were being, you guessed it, racist and inappropriate about it. CBS Minnesota is where that happened. The comments were shut down but are still visible via the article. George Takai even mentioned went on uh, uh, Twitter. He's like the uh, he's like the opposite side of Donald Trump. That guy loves Twitter and loves being on like like everything Trump says. George Takai is on online saying the exact opposite thing. Which it gets a little exhausting for him to be like, oh, here's George Takai's hot take. It does. I won't lie. He says, watching people melt on over a black Santa in the Mall of America. Santa is white. While in our internment camp, he was Asian. So there. Oof. Now, Carlos wrote in and says, I think I just started believing in Santa again. Hashtag Black Santa. Hashtag Santa Larry. Is this, now, this may be the first time this has happened in the Mall of America, but nowhere in Minnesota has, a, has an African-American gentleman ever played Santa before? Like, this is the first time they've seen this? Like no, Nobody cares when it's in a black neighborhood. Like, if you go to a black church, there's going to be black Santa for sure. All day. There's going to be black Santa for sure. But when you put it in, like, in, in the mall where I have to walk by it as a white person and I have to explain to my kids why Santa's black as opposed to white as they've always seen throughout their lives, that's where the problem comes in. You're putting it in my face. Dude, just keep your blackness over there. You know, just keep it over there in the, in the hood. Keep it on Shorb Avenue where nobody has to look at it. I mean, the best black Santa ever was Eddie Murphy on Saturday Night Live. Everybody knows that. But I don't understand why people get all up in arms about this. I don't get it. I, I, I Dude, if I took my kids... No, I, I don't have kids. But if I took my kids to the mall and Santa was black, I'd be like, okay. I'd, okay, whatever. Just go sit on his lap. Tell him what you want. When you stand up, make sure you still have your wallet and then get in the car. <laughs> I'm kidding. Obviously, I'm kidding. I don't understand this. I don't understand this. Tess writes in and says, white people getting mad over Black Santa at the Mall of America is the most 2016, uh, most 2016 thing I've ever heard. I agree. I agree. I just... I say this all the time. I understand how people are internally racist. Right. Like, I get how you have racist feelings inside. I don't understand how you allow it to bring yourself to the point where you bitch out loud about a black Santa Claus. I don't... Are you afraid of what people think? Like, I would be afraid of people thinking that of me. Well, a big part of this is comments on a on a on a website. So I don't know if there was any anonymity behind this. I don't know if this okay. was like you know screen okay. names, usernames, things it's like good point. that. Um, and it, dude, it's it, it's keyboard muscles there where you feel empowered and you're like, well, dude, nobody's gonna see me saying this. So I, I, I definitely think that. I think in overall, it's like, what are you what are you disturbed about here? Like, what are you really upset about? Is 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 it? Is oh it, my god, a black person's gonna do something nice for my kid, then they're gonna have to learn to like them. Is that the problem? Is it? Is it? In your mind, if your kid sees a black Santa, your kid's going to realize Santa's not real? Is I mean, is that like what it is? Which, by the way, have you seen that TV commercial? What's that? Oh, just off on the side shoot? Because of the internet? Yeah. There's like all the, they show like this, there's like a 30 second commercial on TV now about like all these little kids who say, well, my older brother told me Santa's not real. And I read on Twitter that Santa's not, there's like a hashtag Santa real story like thing moving around to keep kids believing in Santa. That's what the world has done. That's what the internet has done. We've now like ruined Christmas for four-year-olds. 
I, I can see that. I mean, I can see a frustration yeah. of a parent like... In, listen, Damn it! I need my kid to believe this. And if you're letting your child listen to the Stansberry show while they still believe in Santa, that's on you, homie. That's not on us. That one's your fault. I don't feel bad yeah. at all. No, no, no. You not know, even if, a little bit. If I was working at a mix station, I would never say something like that. If it was like, oh, hey, you know, you're on the news, I wouldn't say something. But dude, you're listening to the Stansberry right. show. If your kid's listening right now, it, it, let's be real, you weren't getting them any Christmas presents anyway. No. You don't have the money. We no. know that. I, uh, I I have no issue with this. And again, I it's because I don't... I read some of the comments and I saw people say, um, uh, well, you know, Santa Claus is a, 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 or a, a representation of St. Nicholas who was a Caucasian male. And okay, if you're going to say that, you're going to be like, well, historical accuracy in Christmas. Okay. Dude, gonna- once Will Smith was in Wild Wild West, you have to throw all that stuff on its head. Once we say historical accuracy in Christmas and you're getting pissed about Black Santa, well, you better be burning down the goddamn fort when it comes to white Jesus, right? Because yeah, if this, you're gonna say, if you're gonna say, well, historical accuracy. Yeah, Rochelle wrote in. She says, I don't want to be in the same room as people who are offended by Black Santa when they find out that Jesus was a Middle Eastern refugee, because that's what he was. Jesus was pretty brown, dude. I'm gonna tell you that much yeah. right now. We have uh, we have whitewashed Jesus. We have we've done that out of and I hate when people bring up things like that. Like you're whitewashing this. I hate that, but. We did whitewash Jesus from the beginning of time. If you we want, have done that. If you want to get pissed about Santa being black, if you want to get pissed about you know all these different you know oh Ghostbusters weren't women, Ghostbusters weren't women, you better be pissed off about Jesus right, well, too. That, I think that's a little bit different. How great is Christmas in Hollis, by the way? How great is Run DMC? You know what? That's the funny thing too is there are a lot of people. Who are mad? I would assume that th- this is true in Minnesota. Who are upset about Black Santa at the Mall of America? Who were listening to things like this on the way to the mall? Who uh, who own the new Kendrick Lamar record? Who think he's amazing? But then, then you see Black Santa and you're mad. I don't get it. I would hope my kids wouldn't even ask me the question, right? I would hope my kids would just get off the lap and be like, "Man, I hope he brings me that water gun or whatever the hell it is on that train set I want." I would hope my kids wouldn't even be like, I would hope my kids wouldn't get off the lap and be like, Dad, why Santa black? If you surrounded them with white Santa their entire lives, I can understand that there is going to be a question there, dude. You're five years old, and all of a sudden it's like, wait a second, this is different than I've always experienced it. But, dude, if you don't want to have conversations with your kids, then don't have kids. Yeah, I've always said, like, I, I, what about the kids is like the laziest, worst argument I've ever heard to be opposed to anything. I say this all the time, and I'm going to say it again to you. If you didn't realize tough conversations were going to be part of parenthood, then you were an idiot and you weren't prepared to be a parent. Now, a lot of you hate me right now because I'm right. <laughs> but I don't understand this at all. But I, I read this. I, thought, I almost thought it was fake news. Because I, I was almost shocked that in 2016, it was the first time a black Santa's been there. Are you kidding me? Like, at no point in the history of Minnesota has a Minnesota Viking been like Santa for like a week somewhere? Right? I just... Shocking. Historical accuracy when dealing with Santa Claus. You people are hilarious. It's crazy. Pretty easy to get a parking ticket.
and you get them, they're annoying. They cost a lot of money. And if you keep letting them pile up, they cost you more and more money. This guy got a bunch of parking tickets, and I don't think he should have to pay them. We'll tell you why next on the Stansbury Spirit Show on Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show on Rock 106.9. We're online at WRQK.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Stansbury Show. Fantone can be uh, followed at Fantone, F-A-N-T-O-N-E, if you don't know how to spell his name. That's how you can do that. I, uh, I I bring up Twitter because somebody just somebody asked me the question. We were talking about Black Santa Claus in the Mall of America in Minnesota, right. and I was asked, "Well, you know, how many black people live in Minnesota?" And I, said, I was like, "Well, dude, the Mall of America is in the Twin Cities, Minneapolis, St. Paul. That's a major metropolitan city. That's a major metropolitan area. There's going to be a." I don't know how to say this without sounding terrible about it. There's going to be a pretty heavy African-American population in any major city, right? Find me one major American U.S. city that doesn't. That doesn't. So, of course, now, you know, the same person, you know, responded back to me, said, you know, statewide, it's like 5% black. Okay, well, that's statewide. Can't do that when we're talking about the city there. And Fantone said this to me during the break, which is, well, what's the percentage have to be before you can allow a black Santa? Yeah, I mean, are Asian people in that, too? Well, not, not enough Asians in this state. Sorry, you can't be Santa. The Hispanics, yeah, they're growing. They're growing. There's a couple more of those Hispanics nowadays. Maybe we'll let them in. These people just coming in, taking all our come Santa on, jobs. Come on. It's only 5% black people. You can't have a black Santa? That's your take, dude? Come on. Now, it's Twitter. I don't, you know come what I mean? On. I don't know tone. Maybe, maybe the tone was meant differently when typing it. But that, that, was, that was not the best argument I've ever heard. Did you hear about this on Friday? Uh, apparently, one of the men behind the uh, Factory of Terror, yeah. Canton's Factory of Terror, yeah. Scott's, I, 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 is it Cypher, lost his home and his family pets. Apparently, his wife also hurt in this fire as well. There's a GoFundMe account for Cypher and his family, and they hope to raise about ten grand to help out. According to the page, um, Scott himself is a disabled veteran, and he's the general manager and master builder of the Canton Factory of Terror, which is widely considered to be one of the best haunted houses in the country, not even in the area, in the country. Page says uh, that he, along with his wife Nora, two of their three children, and four of their grandchildren were living in the house that suffered severe and complete damage. Uh, the money is going to be used for lodging, food, clothing, baby items, animal care, and more. Jeez, what a terrible story. Yeah, when you lose everything, I mean, you have to like put that in perspective. I mean, everything. You lose all your clothes, all your toys, all your furniture, all, all worldly possessions you have. It's just, where, where do you even start I'll to tell rebuild? You the, I'll tell you the thing that people don't think of right off the top of your head when you're talking about losing everything. You know what you really lose? You lose all that stuff, too, and don't get me wrong, it's awful, but photos. Because there, there's no getting those back. Those are gone. When photos are gone, when like hard, when, when like physical copy of photos are gone, those are gone. And those are life moments and memories you're not getting back. Right. I mean, you know, you're not getting them back. Countless family things right. that, you know, and you also have to think that like when something terrible happens to, to me, there's always that mindset of like, well, I'll go home, I'll recoup, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of like, you know, circle the wagons and figure it out from there. You don't have home base anymore. No. You don't have that opportunity to go home and kind of, you know, reevaluate everything. So, dude, I'll, uh, I'll get that information up on the website. Yeah, and please we'll, do. Uh, we'll help out as much as we can. Yeah, there. let me know when that's uh, available to be passed out via the uh, social networking. So we have enough time here for the Florida Files. You ready for this? Yeah. Okay. So apparently, a Florida woman says she peeked into the window of an SUV because there was a stack of parking tickets on the windshield. 
And so she was like, okay, well, how long has this car been here? Maybe right. something's going on. Maybe right. I should look into this. So she looked into the window, and she noticed that there was a man slumped over like the center console of the car. Okay? Carolyn White told the uh, local newspaper in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and she wondered why a parking meter attendant didn't see him. And apparently these tickets were written from November 12th to the 15th on the day his body was found. This guy had been dead in this car. That uh, the city is going to dismiss $160 in parking fees <laughs> due to, due to you know, these uh, circumstances. Oh. The man had died in a park, like a meter. Uh, are, you, are, you still, are you allowed to say meter made or yeah. is that or is that like... Or is that like stewardess where you're not allowed to say that anymore? Uh, sure, you can so, say so, it. So the parking ticket official didn't notice that a dead body was in the car? All you're worried about is writing the, the, writing the, you know, the $25 ticket? Especially, I mean, if there's multiple tickets on this. You know what I mean? Like, okay, the first one, maybe you don't look in the car. And maybe that's protocol. Maybe that's a little bit like, I, don't know, I guess meter maids are law enforcement officials in some capacity. Oh, yeah, they I are. I, well, I, I don't think they can I mean, make, they're cops, right? I don't think they can make, like, arrests or anything like that. Oh, I thought it was, like, I thought it was a full, maybe I just w- have seen too much TV, but I thought it was, like, a real cop job and that they, they put you on that beat when you've been bad. No, I don't I don't no? think so. I don't think so. I think, oh, I didn't know that. I, 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 but you still have some official capacity. God damn it, CSI. You have some, you know, you have some responsibility to the law there where, like, Maybe the first time out, you're not supposed to look inside the car. That's a privacy thing or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, oh, well, we just write the tickets. We're not trying to, you know, bust criminals. We're not trying to, you know, search in on your life. But, dude, after you put three, four, five, six tickets on there. And the car hasn't moved. Right. Right. And and it's a, a di- passerby noticed there's somebody in the car, but the guy putting or but the guy or woman, I don't know who it was, puts a ticket on the windshield. They didn't notice. It's not like it wasn't like it was a dead body in the trunk and somebody smelled it. Maybe you didn't smell it. Whoa. But this is a dead body in, in the car. In the car. You can see it. Yeah. It, come on. It, it, come dude, on. if a 62 year old woman walking by it looked into the window and noticed that you as the person writing the tickets, you're not going to stop and be like, wait a minute, this is like the fifth ticket in two days I've written on this car. It hasn't moved. What the hell's going on here? Wait, first of all, they don't eventually call and have the car towed. Like it just, they just let it sit there and you just keep writing tickets. I wasn't aware of that. Dude, it's like your, uh, it's like your bank. They're just trying to steal your money, dude. They just keep letting you overdraft, overdraft, overdraft. They know you don't have any money. My bank, CSE Federal Credit Union, does not do that, there by the go. way. Yo, ding, ding. <laughs> CSE Federal Credit Union, you're going to hear me talk about that here in just a second. They don't do that to you. Fantone, I heard something on the radio this morning okay. on my way into work that is just insane. It's ludicrous. And I'm going to dispel it next on the Stansbury Show. On Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show on Rock 106.9. We'll talk to Scott from WaitingForNextYear.com at 8 a.m. Also, coming up at 9.30, we'll send you to Columbus for Rock on the Range with a pair of three-day passes for that. Metallica, Soundgarden, Corn are your headliners. Slew of other bands. If you haven't seen that lineup yet, it is available for you, WRQK.com. It's going to be a good time, dude. That will be a good show. Speaking of good shows, during the break, I was telling Fantone about how Friday night after Long Haul, I found myself in Busman real quick. And I had had a couple of beers, and I just like started to watch this band play, and I was like, oh my god, this band's got a female singer, and I think they're probably pretty good. I think they're pretty good. And I couldn't tell. I was exhausted from like the long broadcast, and I had had a couple of Rolling Rocks, so I wasn't totally sure. So they get off a stage or whatever, and it's in the band is two guys, two girls, female lead singer. 
And I have always maintained that if you're going to have a female singer, you better be pretty damn good. It's just, it's going to be hard for you to break through. I love female singers. Heart, one of my all-time favorite bands. So I was like, man, I, I kind of want to watch this. So they get off the stage and I find out that the bassist and the drummer are married to one another. So I ended up having a couple of beers with them and they ended up being great people. And I realized why their band was good while talking to them. They don't care if they ever make it. Like everybody in the band's got a really good job. Like the lead singer's like a medical coder, uh, and like uh, the guy, the like the drummer has like a really good band, uh, a really good job. His wife is like a nurse at the Cleveland Clinic. It's like everybody's working, making really good money. They don't care about the band, and so it's just strictly out of passion. And it came out great. Yeah, I mean, there's always that. You know, we're gonna make it. Well, you uh, you have been doing it for ten years now. No, we're still we're still gonna make it. No, you've been doing it for fifteen years. No, no, dude, we're still gonna make it, dude. You've been in this band for twenty effing years and you haven't made it yet. So listen to this: the guitar player from this band, the Arboration, is what I believe they were called. Okay, and they played Buzzbin Friday Night Heart 2.0 is what Stansberry <laughs> like to call them. The uh, the the guitar player. Used to be the program director and morning man of Rock 106.9. Really? Back in the day. Really? Back when it was known as Rock 107. Ah. Back in the day. Yeah, the guitar player used to be like, he was the program director of this radio station. A lot of history on this radio station that uh, came before us. Yeah, uh, a lot of it. A lot of it. I, uh. I guess that's a uh, you know it's a good thing. I, I I would assume he was one of the guys in what was it the Little Red House that everyone always. <laughs> that's talks what he about. said. Yeah, yeah. People are always like, "Oh, dude, the Little Red House," and I'm like, "No, dude, I moved to Canton four years ago. You can't you can't hit me." <laughs> they with bulldozed that. the yeah, house. I don't I don't know what happened there. So as I was telling Fantel that story, he says to me just you know off the cuff, he was like, "Dude, he's like, you know what Buzzman's doing tomorrow night." And I said, no, what is Buzzman doing tomorrow night? And apparently there's midget wrestling going Correct, on at Buzzman. Correct, there is. Oh, sir. dude, I want to go to that. Yeah, I, uh, I don't. Is it now, I, now, midget's not appropriate, right? I believe in in the uh, in the little people culture. I it's think, not a right. I, I, I think it is, dude. I think there's I think there's varying degrees of like whether you have dwarfism, whether you're a midget, or whether you're a little person. I really, think those are all depending on the circumstance. Those are what, all. If accurate. I can shoot you out of a cannon, what are you? <laughs> <laughs> what? what? I uh, I don't. What are, what are the in the cannon short people? What are the what, which ones are they? I don't know exact details, but uh, Mike from Buzzman posted it up on Facebook over the weekend, and I saw it really? too. Yeah. I saw, I saw, you know, midget wrestling I haven't Tuesday seen night downtown Canton. Oh my god! No. Honestly, I may take a nap tomorrow and stay up late and go to that. Right? I, I, there's a, a very real possibility the tall guy's going to be there with all the short guys running around, dude, doing the damn thing. Oh, I, the photo of that would be really funny. Yeah, and I know it's a, um, it's it's not just like Mike went out and found like you know seven midgets in the Stark County area. <laughs> this is like a touring group. Get in here, midget! You don't have anything <laughs> better to do. This is like a touring group, so it's a professional show and. And all of that, I uh, is that right? Tomorrow night, Buzzman's the place, dude. We should get them teamed up with like Ohio Championship Wrestling. Get you know Sherman Tank out there, just, just you know, just, people, to, dude. just lunging midgets out the front door of Buzzman. It should be a good time. And yes, I'm getting off over the fact that I'm being told I'm allowed to say the word midget. I, uh, I've been, t- dude. I was always under the impression that that word wasn't okay. I think I, I, I could be 100 percent wrong here, but I, I'm pretty sure that depending on the circumstance, you can be a Is midget, right? you can be a dwarf, or you can consider yourself a little person. I uh, well, I, I did not know that. Maybe midgets is they're allowed to say it. We're not. Oh. You know what I'm saying? One of those situations. Oh, oh. I, don't oh. I, I, I don't know. I think you. I think. Well, all how short okay. do I got to be to say midget? <laughs> Anybody over five five can't say midget. I didn't know that.
All right, so little people dwarf midget wrestling. I don't know which one's appropriate. You pick your favorite PC term, lunge it on a, on a group of people that have been screwed over by their height their entire lives, and let's all get drunk and laugh at them as they wrestle. Right? Why we try to figure out what the proper thing to call them is. Tomorrow night, it all happens downtown Canton. Oh, my gosh. So Kylie writes in, tweets in, and says, I saw midget wrestling at the House of Blues in Cleveland, and it's amazing. You have to go. Yeah, I was at that, and it is. It's a spectacle. It's totally a spectacle. It's fun stuff. So I heard something on the radio this morning while driving in. Some of these morning shows around the area start a little earlier than we do. They go on at like 5 or 5.30, trying to get an early start to beat us. They'll never do it. But they try to get like an early start on it. Right. So like I was, uh, I was a little later than I, than I like to be uh, this morning when, you know, uh, on my way into work. And so I turn on the radio like everybody else does. I'm like moving around, right? And I hear this. And I, you know if you listen to the show a lot, I hate these. It's National Cookie Day. Oh, my God. National Cookie Day. Get oh my the God. milk out. Oh, my God. It's National <laughs> Cookie Day. And, like, dude, not everything deserves its own day. You know, Martin Luther King deserved his own day. Okay. That dude okay. deserves his own okay. day, right? But that's very different than Snickerdoodle. That's a very different thing than Snickerdoodles, right? And so I heard a guy who hosts mornings in the area say that this, these were the top four cookies in the country. The hot countdown, the cookie countdown, it's all now, next. He didn't go to like a, an actual study or whatever. He right. just said, these are the four best cookies. This is my opinion. This is fact. Okay. 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 Chocolate chip. Okay. Sugar, peanut butter, oatmeal, raisin. Now, I will say that no matter what happens, you kind of have to take the chocolate chip cookie and go, you're number one, way to go. That's like everybody's first foray into cookies. Yeah, it's, it's the standard for a reason. Sure. You know what I mean? It's the Kleenex. It's the jacuzzi. It's the McDonald's. It's the Walmart of cookies for a reason. They are the Ohio State Buckeyes of cookies. Fair. Just amazing, right? Just really good. The, the chocolate chip cookie. So Tried I'll give you that. Okay. okay. But here's my problem with the list. Chocolate chip, sugar, peanut butter, oatmeal, raisin. There is no representation, none, of the Girl Scout cookie family. That's crazy. There's an entire army of little humans that sell these things every year, and they sell like crazy so much that, that there's candy bars flavored like this now. There's ice cream flavored like that now. There's coffee, like creamer that's flavored like, like Girl Scout cookies. There's brownies. I had these Pillsbury little girls or girls these Pillsbury Girl Scout Thin Mint brownies over the weekend. All right, tell me some more, about that. <laughs> dude. I am telling you right now, it was orgasmic. Like there was little chunks of Thin Mints within these brownies. The yeah. whole thing was minty and brownie and delicious. What I'm gonna say though is, all four of the cookies he named, those seem like. Mom made those cookies. It seemed like homemade cookies. Was he doing? Because if we're going to do a, 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 we've got to do a list of cookies and then like store bought cookies. Those are two different things. You know what I mean? Because Oreos would have to be on the list of, of, of top four cookies. They well, have to be. Same morning show said Oreos would be number six. Oh, no. I think dude. that's insane. Oreo is the second cookie, right? It, it, Chocolate chip, then Oreo. Oreo, just because of significance. And, uh, dude, it's, it, it is. It's an iconic cookie. And because you can. Put them in like a little Ziploc sandwich bag, smash them all up, and pour them over <laughs> vanilla ice cream, and it's like the best thing you've ever had in your entire life. I, I, Throw a little M and M's in there too; you'll love it. I feel like sugar and be fat like me. I feel like sugar cookie um, probably is like oh, that's easy to throw off the that's list. That's the basic white bitch of cookies. It's a sleeper though. There's diversity in a sugar cookie. You can do multiple things with that. You put uh, a frosting get, on there. Yeah, I was like gonna say. I think you're getting tricked by sprinkles. But no, but you decorate. That's the whole point. Is that it's a, it's an excellent conduit for all those. You know, like Christmas frostings and Chris, or in, in, in the frost in the in the sprinkles and all that stuff. That's important stuff in the cookie world. Is that right? I think so. What is the difference 
I guess I don't know. What is the difference between a sugar cookie and a snickerdoodle? Cinnamon. Cinnamon on the sugar on the snickerdoodle. Ah, so it's sugar and cinnamon. Yeah, yeah. So okay. I'm surprised you didn't know that. Come on, Steve. <laughs> Dude, a cookie enthusiast as yourself. I don't need to know why things are delicious. <laughs> I just need to know that they are delicious and eat them at a large volume. Um, the real crapper on that is the oatmeal raisin. What was what is this guy? Now, 100 years old. I I <laughs> see. That's what I was gonna say. I tend to like oatmeal raisin cookies. I do. But it's because I'm old, and honestly, I wouldn't put it in the top four cookies, though. Yeah, I'm not saying, like, oatmeal raisin cookies, you'll never catch me eating one. Dude, of course, if Linda, the front desk lady, brings in a tray yeah, of oatmeal let me cookies, have a handful. Give, give me yeah. I'm smashing them. But I'm not putting that in my top four. But I don't, I forget what they're called, but whatever, like, the chocolate-covered peanut butter thing is that, that the Girl Scout has. Like uh, tag-along? Tag-along. Tag-along, well, I, I was going to call them roundabouts, but that sounds like some stupid song. But I, like, I know, I think roundabouts are, are Girl Scout cookie, too, I think. I But I'll tell you the Girl Scout cookie that's that gets slept on that I love and I don't even like co- this that coconut like round disc thing that's got like the like the caramel and the coconut and the, the chocolate. Samoa the Samoa is yeah. what they're called that's right uh-huh. now here's the thing I'm not a coconut person hate I not hates a strong word I won't choose to pick coconut for th- for anything but I love those cookies but here's the trick to the Samoas yeah there's tricks <laughs> okay, tell us, dude. You Life have, hack with Samoa cookies. All right, you, you have to you have to take them out of the sleeve, and you have to put them in the refrigerator a little bit. They got to harden up just a little bit. You get that caramel like a little firm, and they're the best. But I don't know how you make a four. I don't know how you do a top four on National Cookie. I can't believe I'm doing this right now. <laughs> I, you, I don't know how you take like National Cookie Day and you list four of the best cookies ever. And you don't list a single one of those Girl Scout cookies? I don't get that. I don't get it. I don't care about the fact that it's Christmas season. Your mom makes awful Christmas cookies right now. You know what my mom used to make? Maybe yeah, I would assume a lot of your moms make this, is those little mini green Christmas trees. My mom would make those like crazy. Just like a standard cookie, but it had like like green dye in it, and they look like little Christmas trees. That's what I'm saying, dude. That's that sugar cookie coming through, man. All of a sudden, it's a Christmas tree. Now it's a candy cane. Now it's all these different things. You got to respect the sugar cookie. Respect the sugar cookie. You do, dude. (laughs) That's what the world needed was another useless hashtag, and we just created it for you. We'll talk to Scott from winningfornextyear.com. We will do so next on Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Before we get to Scott for uh, from waitingfornextyear.com, I do want to make a programming note that apparently Midget Wrestling at Busbin is going to be on the 13th. It's not tomorrow. It's the 13th is when Midget Wrestling happens at Busbin. And uh, they have let us know that it's half the size, twice the violence. Half the size, twice the violence, baby! Love it. Steve wants to know if I'm... If we're playing Saving Able to try to get people to make babies before work. I just think it's a song in the last, like, 10 years my boss has heard of. <laughs> so he plays that one. Join this morning at 8 a.m. the way we are every Monday at 8 a.m. at Scott for Waiting for Next Year.com. My man, how are you? Good. Hold on. I'm changing my calendar real quick to reflect the uh, midget wrestling scheduling the 13th. update. Hold you, on. Yeah, hold on. Hold on. Okay, dude, got it. That's important. I shall make you wait for midget wrestling. You're damn right I will. You should come down for that. It'll be a good time. <laughs> Don't worry, buddy. You're tall. Nobody's going to throw you in the ring. You're going to be fine. Radio silence. <laughs> I'm safe. I want to start with college football, Scott. Uh, Scott from winningfornextyear.com joining us. As we know what the playoff uh, picture looks like now, Alabama will play number four, Washington. 
Alabama's number one. Number two, Clemson is going to take on uh, the third uh, team, which is Ohio State. We're going to play in the Fiesta Bowl there. Um, do you have an issue with the college football playoff system? Does it need to be expanded to eight, or do we need to get rid of it? What's the best plan? Well, I think the next logical step is six. Um, I, I, you get your five conference winners and a and an at large, I guess, for the you know first situation like this year. Um, you know, give the top two a bye, let the first four or the bottom four, you know, play an extra game, and then and the winner of those play, you know, from there. And I think you you add one more game. Yeah, you have two more teams, and you, you you you're always going to have. If you go to six, you're going to have that seventh and eighth team that people right. want in. If you go to eight, you're going to have the ninth and tenth. But I think once you get down the line, um, you know, when when the NCAA March Madness bracket happens, and people complain about you know uh, an eighth seed not getting in or a ninth seed not getting in, it's more along the lines of they'd probably deserve to at least have a chance to play for it. Um, but no one thinks they're going to win, you know, where when, when you have four, you know, you need to have four teams that have a legitimate shot at considering themselves to be the best football team in the country mm-hmm. and leaving Ohio State out of that. I mean, th- think of it this way. They are the three seed and they're favored by three and a half points right. on, a neutral, on a neutral field. So, you know, to tell me that they're the, I mean, they're only a three seed semantics because it's, they, somebody wanted to punish them a game or a seed by not having a conference championship. They're, they're, they're easily one of the top two best con- teams in the country, and the, I think the, the committee got it right by letting Washington have a shot after winning the Pac-12. Penn State deserves it. Michigan probably deserves it, but they, they shouldn't have lost two games. I mean, I, you can't have a two-loss team being ahead of a one-loss team, even if that one-loss team by arbitrary alignment of their conference didn't win the championship. That's Scott from WaitingForNextYear.com. I, I, I'll tell you, you're the only person I've ever heard say six, not eight, automatically go to eight. So I like your, I, I, I like the idea there, uh, slower rollout versus just going straight to eight. I'll tell you why I have not a problem with it. I don't know how you ever figure out with that many teams how you ever really get it all the way down to where it's perfect. But I'll say that this year, I feel like we're not going to get the best college football game we could have in the playoffs and maybe the national championship game because I think the best game is Alabama versus Michigan. I think that's the best game. I think Michigan's way better than what they're they're being ranked at, and I know they had that they had that loss there, this and that. But that team is tough, dude. Defensively, they're just tough, and I think honestly, Alabama Michigan would have been a great game. I know it's unpopular yeah. in Ohio no, to say I, that. But. I don't. No, I don't. I don't. I don't believe you. Um, yeah, but that's that's the hard when you have the Big Ten being as good as they are this year. I mean, three of the top six teams in, right. in the in the nation were from the Big Ten. You know, so you're you're going to have, and it just you know when the SEC was really really good and those teams were just beating each other up. But you had a team like LSU or Auburn at the time who was really good, but they had lost twice because they had a they had played a ridiculous schedule. That's just what you have this year with the with the Big Ten. And right. you know, they, like you say, it's never going to be perfect, but I do think. You know, if you did expand to six, especially given how top-heavy the top six were this year, I mean, it's it's going to be, you know, obviously a year too late probably, you know, whenever they figure it out. But um, he, he, is Washington the one of the top four, you know, football programs in the country? Probably not. I think if Michigan was playing Washington head up, they'd, they'd be favored. I think if Penn State was playing Washington, they'd be favored. I agree. But yeah, but but the Pac-12 got hosed a little bit last year, and I think the the, the committee probably threw them a bone this year after what you know the way that the Washington Huskies played throughout the course of their season.
obviously it was a uh, it was a tough year for the you know selection committee and, and to decide who those top four teams in 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 college football are. But I think one of the stories that kind of got I don't know maybe brushed to the side over the weekend, and 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 maybe it was because of college football's uh, you know selection committee coming out is there was murmurings and rumors about an NFL developmental league, yeah. the NFL D league, and how much concern do you think the NCAA has about that becoming a reality? I don't think it's going to happen. Um, I think I think college football pretty much is your 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 developmental league. Um, you know, I, and the way that college football doesn't allow kids to leave until after their junior season uh, kind of makes that the case because I mean these kids already come out you know almost entering their you know athletic prime when they're heading into heading into the NFL. Um, I don't know how it would work to be honest because I mean. <laughs> I don't know what the pay schedule would be. I don't know what the revenues would be. Um, you know, you have a D league in the NBA, but that's because you know the rosters are small or smaller, I should say. There's there's fewer teams, and and you know you need a place to kind of kind of house these guys while it's going on. I just don't I just don't know how it would work. I think it's a great idea because I mean you have it in the other two leagues, right. but to do to execute upon it, I think would be a lot tougher. You know, Fantone and I were talking about it over the weekend. He thinks he's like the NCAA is going to freak out. I mean, I mean, and he's kind of right. I mean, dude, if you're what an 18, 19 year old kid, and you can go, okay, well, I can go to Notre Dame and have to like you know live underneath their guidelines, keep my grades up, do all this stuff to be in order to play football, or I can go to the D League and just play. And what is the NFL? I mean, if it if it comes to fruition, the NFL is gonna they're gonna highlight the guys in their league versus the NCAA, and they're gonna you know they're gonna fast track guys out of there. So I think it's an interesting idea, um, and I think we would be a natural fit here in Canton, Ohio, for a yeah. for a D League franchise. For sure. So selfishly, I kind of want to see it happen. I agree with you, Scott from WinningForNextYear.com. I think that that some of the roadblocks you bring up are legitimate, and that uh, there's going to be some issues there. But what the NFL wants, the NFL shall get, and uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do there. I heard some interesting tribe rumors over the weekend, Scott. Um, who's going to play first base for us? I don't know. Um, it, it's looking less and less like it's going to be Mike Napoli. Um, if I had to guess, uh, this is going to be a kind of a cop out answer. I think your starting first baseman this off season will, or the next season will be Carlos Santana, really? and they will, and they will have added uh, a kind of a DH first baseman guy who can play first base, you know, when Santana needs a rest, but uh, is largely going to be a bigger bat. Um, you know, they they had Mike Napoli be your your, your first baseman when he could. But he became a liability, um, you know, against right-handed pitching, and with with the with the with the way the Major League Baseball is, and there's so many right-handers, you need a guy who can hit from the left side of the plate, and that's where Carlos Santana comes in. So I, I do think Santana will be your starting first baseman, and they'll add someone like a, you know Mitch Moreland or Adam Lind or or some of those names that are being floated out there um, as as a kind of a veteran DH to kind of fill that Napoli role, but just not as a first baseman. I saw a lot of Tribe fans, uh, again, we're talking to Scott from winningfornextyear.com, saw a lot of Tribe fans uh, calling out for Andrew McCutcheon from the from the Pirates. Are we in on that at all? I don't know. He, I, I, he may have signed somewhere since the last time I saw this. Are we in on that at all? No, the only real person who, who Tribe fans should have been interested in who has signed, uh, Matt Holiday signed with the Yankees okay. uh, late yesterday for about $13 bucks, which I think might have been a little bit out of the Tribe's range. But um, McCutcheon, you know, he's going to be a name that you're going to hear a lot about because he – Arguably had the worst season of his career last year uh, in Pittsburgh, uh, and and the Indians Indians fans saw what 
disaster it was in center field uh, for them pretty much throughout yeah. the entire year. So whenever there's going to be a big name center fielder on the on the list, you're going to have a lot of Indians fans kind of pounding the table on it. What? I don't see it happening uh, because he is due a lot of money, and he is, again, coming off a really bad year, and I don't know if that's something that the tribe front office is willing to you know, roll the dice on, um, you know, former MVP. So you can't take away his right. original skill. Um, but you know, at, at the end of the day, I just think he's going to be one of those guys who, if he doesn't just stay in Pittsburgh is going to, someone's going to trade a bunch of prospects for him. And given the way the, the Indians are set up, I don't know if they could be the ones afford to do it. This is what I like about the Indians right now. Talking about Andrew McCutcheon. And again, we're talking to Scott from waiting for next year.com is that, Whenever a big-name guy like that comes out and a bunch of teams want him, we're normally the fan base that has to go, yeah, but he's never coming here. He's not going to come here. There's a bunch of teams that want him. Why would he want to sign here? But we have a World Series roster, and if you're Andrew McCutcheon, you probably want to win a title, and so he would maybe think about coming here. I just like the fact that the team's competitive enough to where when a big name comes open like that, he would consider playing for the Tribe. I love that. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I haven't heard anything about a no trade clause. So it's possible. Um, it's your point. The the leverage. The the Indians have the leverage here. They don't have to make a move. Right. Um, you know, it, it, their their core is in place. You know, they're adding on the fringes to try and build on that World Series roster. So, um, you know, there's there's guys like AJ Pollock. You know, or you know who who could from Arizona who could fill that void as well if they're willing to make a move. But. McCutcheon will be in the rumor in the in the rumor mill where he lands. I don't know. I, I'd be very surprised if it's in Cleveland. Be interesting to see that. Talking to Scott from winningfornextyear.com. Uh, my man, I'm sure you've seen, as you pay real close attention to the Cavaliers, I know you're a big Cavs fan, um, I'm sure you've heard the LeBron quote that says, we need to get out of the honeymoon phase, we need to move forward after the ring ceremony, This is, you know, it's now officially next year, we need to, not, everything we did last year, I'm paraphrasing obviously, everything they did last year um, does no longer matter. I, I think it was three losses in a row there, and again, I hate to ask you this question this early, especially since it's only December, any worry about the Cavs regular season stuff going on here at all? No, I'm not worried. I, I, I never got the idea they were in a honeymoon phase. I mean, they were playing very, very well and winning games, dress, you know, in, with, with, in really substantial ways. Um, but suddenly in the last couple of days, they've been, you know, giving up way too many points in the paint. Uh, that's on Kevin Love. That's on Tristan Thompson. That's on Ty Lue's defensive schemes. Um, and they had a, a, a substantially in-depth film Study. I think they had 150 defensive defensive only plays um, that they went through during a film session this past weekend, and they sat wow. there and they called out about eight to ten times per player that uh, that 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 there were some defensive lapses. It wasn't just on you know Tristan and Kevin; it was across the board that they were calling people out, telling them what they need to do better to play better team defense. So I, I do I do see them getting back on track. Um, you know, they just beat Toronto last time Toronto was here, and they're in Toronto tonight, uh, so it'll be a nice rematch there. Um, and then I think they head to New York, which would, if, if something if it doesn't go well in Toronto, that's a, <laughs> the Knicks are a great way to, 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 to make Slum up some ground. Buster, so yeah. we'll see what happens. But I'm not concerned. You know, it's, it's December. Um, you know, I, 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 this is the longest um, losing streak that the Cavs have had under Ty Lue. Wow. But it's one of those things where I do think they'll, they'll, they'll figure it back out. I'm not too concerned. I mean, the Clippers are a really, really good team. The Milwaukee game still kind of, Boggles my mind, and uh, that Bulls game was right there for the having if if the if the post play would have been a little bit better. So it's it, it's 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 correctable mistakes, 
But, uh, you know, better to have him now than in June. Yeah, correctable mistakes for sure. I mean, you mentioned the defense. <clears throat> I think there was a lot of examples of guys not coming over from the, on, from, from the weak side to come over and help. Um, you mentioned, uh, you know, I, I think there was a lot of times throughout those three games where uh, sloppy ball handling, things like that. But one of the things that does have me concerned over these past three games is the, uh, what do I want to say, the lack of production from J.R. Smith and the knuckleheaded move with him and Jason Terry. Is this the old stereotype of J.R. Smith coming back to haunt us? No, and I, I, I mean, I could see why people would think that, but I mean, the guy's built up a lot of goodwill. It's the first thing. I, I mean, he's been here for almost two years now, it'll be two years in January, and it's the first time I could think of anything he's done like that that you could say, oh, man, there's JR. Um, you know, and I think he owned up to it. I mean, he didn't handle it well after the game, but after the fact, he, he, he owned up to it. And I, I don't know if the shooting, the, the shooting is just poorly timed with what happened with Jason Terry. I think if he was shooting well, we'd look past the Jason Terry thing, or if, you know, if he was, if he was shooting poorly and didn't have the Jason Terry thing, we'd be like, okay, he's a, he's a three point shooter. who's just in a bit of a funk that they happen both at the same time. Doesn't, doesn't paint him in a better light, but I do think he's, he's the kind of guy, he's not going to forget how to shoot the basketball this late in his career. Um, and I, I would expect him to get back on track soon. We're talking to Scott from winningfornextyear.com. Scott, I have one more question before I let you go. It is of, of, about the NBA, but it's not about the Cavaliers. And that is, Russell Westbrook is currently averaging, I believe, a triple-double, which hasn't, from what I understand, hasn't been done in, in quite a long time. I think he got a, a, another one just the other night. Is he going to be the league's MVP this year? If he, if, if I would put it, if the Oklahoma City Thunder make the playoffs, um, he should be pretty, pretty much in the discussion. If, he, if, he makes, if they make the playoffs and he con- continues this production, uh, I think undoubtedly he'd be the MVP this year. Um, you know, you, you got votes last year uh, with I think he finished fourth uh, with with Kevin Durant. There. Oh, I didn't know that. And he and he's not just putting up triple doubles like Rajon Rondo, ten, ten, and ten triple doubles. He's putting up like thirty five, thirteen, and fifteen triple doubles. No, he's going which off. is which is which is insane. I mean, the guy's an alien. Um, you know, James Harden and LeBron James aren't far behind him uh, in that in that triple double average you know area. But the way that that uh, Russell's doing it. Is, is something I've never seen before. And he's so much fun to watch. And I, I, I know a lot of West Coast games are tough for us Clevelanders to check out, but if you can watch, if you can watch him play in a live game and not just the highlights, um, he, it's, 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 he's, he's incredible. So he I, I would I be, have no problem with him winning the MVP this year. All right, that's Scott from winningfornextyear.com, my man. We're not going to talk Browns. They were off yesterday. Everybody knows they're not any good, and they're, they're pretty lousy. So I'm going to let you off the hook on the Browns. We'll do that again next Monday at 8 o'clock when we talk to you again. Sounds great. Hey, by the way, great job with that food drive. Oh, thank uh, that, you. That, thank that you. was awesome to see, and it's great for the city, and I'm glad everybody was supportive. And wow, you guys look did at a that. fantastic job. Thanks, Thanks buddy. Thanks, Scott. Thanks. Yeah, take care. Thank you. All right, yeah. That's uh, Long Haul Against Hunger, if you don't know what he's referring to. We did that Friday. We broadcasted uh, live from the Giant Eagle up on the Strip, for those of you that don't know. I think it was like $130,000 got raised. Uh, I know at the end of it, uh, and, and, and this is kind of an easier number to wrap my head around at least, over half a million meals got raised there you go. for us. So Sounds better that way. That's huge. Yeah, that is huge. Uh, if you could have one, would you want a bionic penis? We'll fill you in next on the stands. Oh, six, nine. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show at Rock 106.9. Coming up at 9.30, we'll send you to Columbus for Rock on the Range. We have a pair of three-day passes for that show. You're getting Metallica, Soundgarden, Corn, slew of others. Meh. Doesn't sound that cool. Meh. Entire lineup's available for you at WRQK.com. In the Stands Ratio section, also up there is a video of Luke Bryan smacking a fan from the stage. And what is uh, being called the worst field goal in uh, NFL history. 
that's online for you as well. It's pretty bad, dude. It was pretty bad. Yeah, yeah. that was pretty bad. That was uh, that was very Browns-ish. If you want to say that. I do want to say again, though, I missed them yesterday, man. I don't know why. I'm, I, I've, I've been furious with them for the past three years. Yeah, I don't get it. I missed it yesterday. I don't know what you're talking I about. I really don't know what you're talking about. I did. There's a little bit of like, well, it's one o'clock. What do I do right now? Like for me, it was like too cold to golf. So it was like one o'clock. I was like, well, what do I do? Like, so I understand. Yeah, I guess, you know, it's like tradition, you know? Speaking of traditions, yeah. don't you dare mess with Santa Claus. Minnesota no. did it. Minnesota no. did it, and they're in a bunch of trouble. We're, uh, we handled that already this morning. We're going to get back into it at 9 o'clock due to some of the responses I got online about my opinion on it. We'll get back into, into Santa in Minnesota a little later in the program. We talked about this guy uh, a few months ago. Mohammed Abdad is from Edinburgh. He had his genitals torn off. When he was hit by a car and dragged 600 feet. Now that happened, I believe, as a child. I believe it was when he's six years old that happened. I'm sorry, Mohammed. So at, <laughs> I'm sorry, I am. Dude, talk about one of the most unpopular sentences yeah. in American history. I'm sorry, Mohammed <laughs> is not. Dude, that's everybody's least favorite sentence. But Mohammed, now 44, was fitted with the world's first bionic penis. Okay. This thing took three years in the making. And I remember talking about this. About the fact that he had had a, uh, well, uh, essentially a robotic bionic penis. The penis of the future. It says here that Mohammed Abdad is a security guard. (sighs) Dude, imagine getting that job with the first name Mohammed in America. Well, and you got to think, too. He doesn't live here. I'm just, uh, I'm just. Just, just Se- kidding. Security guards, bunch of dudes standing around together doing D jokes. You know what I'm saying? And you're like, yeah, I, I have a fake penis. So apparently, this is the f- <laughs> this is the first bionic penis in the world. And he claims that over 50 women have reached out and want to try it. They want to try the bionic penis. And at first, I was like, what? But of course you would, right? Then I'll I'll I'll, I'll put it back on our side of the table. Like, if breast implants were new, and they weren't common, and, like, one out of, like, every ten chicks didn't have them, and you were, like, and you knew, like, the first set of breast implants, you would want to be the first one to, 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 to breach that, right? You'd want to be the first person to have sex with, with, with a woman who had fake boobs, right? Yeah, I think the curiosity would be there. Yeah. I mean, I, do, I think there's plenty of guys out there right now who are like, dude, I'd love to know what fake boobs feel like. All depends on the doctor. They can be great. I can tell you from Saturday night, they can feel amazing. You always do have to remember that. I, I, I think you'll put like, eh, dude, most guys have had the same sexual lifestyle I have. Most dudes have not. So the fact that you know what fake boobs feel like, I think there's still plenty of dudes out there who are like, really? Yeah, I've never like grabbed them. Oh, um, yeah, like, I could, dude, most people are decent. Yeah. And so like they marry their high school or like college sweetheart. Yeah. They've slept with like her, maybe one other chick. Yeah, I think the national average for ma- male sex, uh, you know, for partners they've had with sex is like eight to nine. And like, yeah, I know, I know. You make that face, I do too, but. <laughs> dude, I. I would feel ripped off. I like. I really would. I would feel ripped off in life. That's just me. And I'm an awful person. But apparently, he had sex for the first time Muhammad did in March. Good for him. And he told the Daily Star, I get a lot of messages from women online who ask me if I will have sex with them. God, that'd be amazing. Says they've heard about my bionic penis and they want to try it out. They're very intrigued <laughs> and think I can make love for hours, he says. 
It's not that I don't want to, and I get offers, but I have been so busy with work. I work 14-hour <laughs> shifts every day, and by the time I get home, I'm just too tired for sex. Dude, that's the excuse I use, but I have a 40-year-old, like... Skin penis. I don't. Have a, you know what I mean. I don't. I don't have a. I don't have a bionic penis. What's the point of having a bionic penis if it can still tire out? I don't get it. He says it's taken three years to to make Muhammad's penis from a skin graft taken from his arm. He has tubes running along the length of the bionic penis. It then inflates with fluid when he presses a button on his testicles. Dear God. I mean, it's not too far off of what actually happens. Dude, you play with them a little bit. All of a sudden, you got fluids rushing down there. It's pretty pretty close to how it works. Um, hey, dude, hey. I just, dude, I'm always, I'm always being told to like reach around and feel for nodules on the, on the testicles. I'm not supposed to have a little bump button right there. I would be worried having the the bionic penis. Like, Is that right? Yeah, dude. I mean, you got to think. If that thing, like, explodes, if that thing goes Samsung Galaxy S7 on you, dude, like, that's going to be a real... Oh, yeah. Real, I never thought of that. It's going to be a real problem. Apparently, Mohammed's only had sex the one time since March. Charlotte Rose, 35. Apparently, she is a, uh, well, a prostitute. It says she waived her, uh, her normal per-hour fee to spend the night with Mohammed after nice. seeing him on television. The newly endowed man has eight inches of bionic penis, almost three inches larger than the British average. It says here for adults, the average penis size is about 14 to 16 centimeters. That's five and a half to six inches when erect. I like transferring it over to the metric system. You can give yourself more credit. Like, yeah, yeah dude, 15 right here. Yeah. The full 15. All of a sudden, the metric system works out. <laughs> All of a sudden, you want to learn that system, don't you? Maybe I should just start lying. Be like, yo, dude, I just got a bionic penis. Robot dong over here. <laughs> well, that sounds less appealing. Robot dong sounds terrible. Robot dong. That sounds like something that goes wrong with it. Huh. Bionic penis. I, I yeah. At first, I was like, oh, "Women so shallow," but uh, you know what? If you gave men the option to, I mean, well, God, the fleshlight's a thing. That's a bionic vagina, and those things sell out routinely. Sell out. Like, I guess you know, where in this equation, and and and, and, and you as a uh, you know as a non you know bionic penis uh, you know owner. I mean, have you have you considered? Have you thought about like, well, dude, maybe if I just rip this thing off in a car accident, they'll give me an eight incher. It's gonna be good. Have you considered? Not until right now. <laughs> I uh, I don't. Would you go for penis enlargement? Being like, like I know it's not bionic. It's not the same thing, but like. Like I said, breast enlargement, breast enhancement, that's like so common now. Like, do grandmas do it now? Like, and which I'm surprised with how much like medicine is out there for like ED and that right. kind of stuff. I'm surprised right. like we haven't like figured out the penis enlargement perfectly yet. Well, I think we're working on it every day. We've got our, our brightest and best scientists Get on, on it, it. For Christ's Who sake. Who cares about cancer? Not me. Not my problem. I need a bigger dong. Um, Dude, I'll die early for more sex with a larger penis. For sure I would. With, without, without it sounding like, well, I don't know if I need it, but I mean, I'm happy with my penis, but of course if you said, yo, bro, two more inches. Right. Oh, you got, I mean, dude, who's not taking that? Of course. I mean, well, you know. Huh. Yeah, I would have to. I would have to. I would have to at least think about it. I think every guy would be like, "Yeah, yeah." I, like yeah. you said, right? 
No matter how big your penis is, it's like your bank account. Right. It's never going to be big enough. Ever. Right now, black porn stars are laughing at me while they're listening. <laughs> going, really? Really? Dude, I got about three, four inches you can have. Well, I'll take it, Lex Steele. Just send it on over. I'd be happy to take it off your hands. That sounded really bad. Just send that penis <laughs> over here, Lex Steele. I want to handle it. Come on. Send it over here. I'll manhandle it. Are we All done? Right. <laughs> Are we done now? Yeah, we, over, huh? we should probably be yeah. done with that. Okay. There's a bunch of interesting uh, local news that happened here over the weekend. So we'll do a little local news roundup next on the Stansbury Show. It's nine. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show on Rock 106.9. We're online at WRQK.com. Head over there. Check out the Stansbury Show section. You can watch a woman undress and then take a taser to her private parts. That looked like it hurt. Does not look like it would be comfortable. I don't know why you would do that, but she did it. She's now internet famous. Videos online at WRQK.com. I'll tweet it out at Sansbury Show here shortly. So we had some interesting things happen uh, here in Canton, Ohio over the weekend. A bunch of local news here. As uh, apparently Canton PD arrested an, an intoxicated man downtown Saturday for apparently concealing a loaded handgun and threatening to shoot somebody. Matthew P. Uh, Slatzer, Slatzer, Slatzer there, 32, uh, was arrested around 5 o'clock in the afternoon Saturday at the McKinley Grand Hotel. Jesus, this is like a stone's throw away from my house. Uh, that's uh, 320 Market Avenue, and he was intoxicated and had a handgun. He had a round, Phantom, listen to this, he had a round in the chamber and the hammer in the cocked position. It was concealed in his front pocket. Jeez, he could have shot himself right. like that. That's, right. I mean, that's horrible. That's uh, that's not responsible gun ownership there. No, not at all. I, uh, I, I If you could have gave me 10 guesses of like, hey, what bar do you think this happened at? Never was I going to guess Thorpe's inside of the McKinley <laughs> right. Hotel. Never. According to uh, the Canton Police Report, he showed a man the gun, threatened to shoot him, and he also caused a disturbance at several downtown businesses. Yeah. Uh, Canton police could not provide additional information on the incident. Uh, as of yesterday, he was arrested on felony weapons charges, having weapons under a disability, a third-degree felony, and carrying a concealed weapon, a fourth-degree felony, as well as a misdemeanor charges of aggravated menacing using uh, weapons while intoxicated and disorderly conduct. Yeah, we're probably going to be dealing with some uh, some mental health issues, I would imagine, there. And uh, he's probably going to be in the state's care for a little while, I would think. If you're going to be a gun owner, obey the rules. That's and, it. That's you know all you got to do. That's all you got to do. I'm fly fully on support you uh, you owning a gun and having it and this and that. I just want you to in uh, I just want you to be a law abiding citizen with the gun. That's it. That's the only thing I have to say about that. So apparently, uh, we already told you earlier this morning about the fire that took the home of one of the guys, like the like, like the master craft builder for Factory of Terror. Right. So we told you that story. I didn't know this, but a fire was uh, discovered after uh, midnight on Monday. This would have been this morning, right? Like so, after midnight last night, heavy damage and closed the McDonald's restaurant at thirty one zero three Cleveland Avenue Northwest. There. A fire discovered just after midnight, uh, uh, according to the repository, caused heavy damage Monday morning to a McDonald's restaurant, leaving the business closed. Four employees were able to escape the restaurant. Uh, thanks to a warning from a passerby who saw the flames on the roof of the building, no one was injured, and uh, the Canton firefighters were able to get the blaze out, but apparently it took about a half hour. Dude, that would have to be a pretty terrible place to be as an employee, where one of your uh, one of your you know customers in the drive through line is like, "Hey, no, your building's on fire, dude. <laughs> right. You need to get up out of here." They think it's uh, they're, they're still investigating, obviously as they will, but they say it's uh, suspected that the equipment on the roof 
malfunctioned and started the blaze. It was reported around 12.03 a.m. When firefighters arrived, there was uh, heavy smoke from the roof and heavy uh, fire in the dining area. The roof had collapsed into the dining area. Jeez, this could have been really bad. Yeah, if it would have happened during the daytime when people were in there. This could have been really bad. I just checked Twitter right now, and somebody actually was uh, driving by it last night, sent me a photo of it. Man, that looks brutal. Uh, shout out to the Camp Fire Department, man. Hands Amen. off to you guys for making it happen. Yeah, they're right there. There's two good stories. Canton Police Department right. handling something properly. Canton Fire Department handling something properly. First responders. Way to go, guys. I, uh, I, I was kind of opening up my eyes this weekend, and you mentioned something about it this morning. Um, uh, we're pretty popular in the fire department community. Yeah. You mentioned Stras Vegas. Strasburg, yeah. I ran into a bunch of those guys Saturday night. They were all excited. And there was two different dudes over the course of the weekend, or at Long Haul Against Hunger, and the yeah. one at the charge game is like, hey, dude, I'm a, uh, I'm a firefighter. One was from Perry, one was from Jackson, and they're like, "Dude, everyone listens." So apparently, we're doing we're doing all right with them first responders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, that's a that's a good crowd to have. They're uh, you know they're awake a long time, they yeah. listen a long time, they're yeah. out there riding around doing that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, I'm happy to have them on board. They'll pull us out of the fire first. They'll be like, "Oh, that stands brand. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna save his life." Yeah, dude, they're great people. I live right by the fire department. I feel safe. I feel, dude, I'm smashed right in between both first responder places. I, I dude, I feel incredibly safe where I live. Everybody tells me I shouldn't. I got to tell you, I feel very safe living in the uh, the end of downtown Canton, which where I live. We handled this a little earlier in the program, and I want to revisit it because I just don't understand people losing their mind about it. And some of the reaction I saw, and some of the like the comments I saw after we talked about this, I just I don't understand. And that's all surrounding the Santa Claus story out of Minneapolis, Minnesota. And you know, if you haven't heard this yet, we'll take this break here and we'll get you filled in next on the Stansbury Show. Hey guys, you got Stansbury here for High Voltage Indoor Karting. You can find them in Medina. They're just minutes from the square located in the old foundry building, or you can find them online at highvoltagekarting.com. That's highvoltagekartingwithak.com. High Voltage is Ohio's first, fastest, and longest indoor electric go-karting track in the state of Ohio. They have the best carts in the business. You're hitting speeds of around 50 miles per hour. And with the family looking to come into town for the holiday season, take them to do something a little bit different and a lot of fun. Check out more info at HighVoltageKarting.com. On Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Around 9.30, we'll get you hooked up with Rock on the Range tickets. A pair of three-day passes for that. You're going to get to see Corn, Metallica, Soundgarden, Seether, Volbeat, Gojira, Amon Amarth, a bunch of other great bands. That full lineup can be found at WRQK.com. And around 9.30, we'll send you to that show. Again, I want to thank everybody who made it out Friday to the live broadcast up at the Giant Eagle. We were up there on the strip there for about 13 hours, uh, taking in some money and some food for the Akron Canton Regional Food Bank and their long haul against hunger. It's our third year as a show doing that, and uh, it's gotten bigger every year. And uh, I would imagine that's because the audience of the show has gotten bigger every year, so it looks like we're growing together. And uh, I am very proud of that. And uh, I was happy to see everybody come out, and it was nice to meet a bunch of you. Yeah, I don't think I have anything to add other than a very sincere thank you, guys. Just Yeah, just a great day. Just a good day. We talked about this a little earlier in the program, and I don't do this a lot where I go back and revisit things from earlier. I know a lot of shows do. Some shows do. Some some shows don't. I, I kind of like have always like kind of like just let's move it forward. Just keep it moving. Move it forward. And I feel like this needs examination again. I feel like this needs to be examined a little bit further. And maybe you've heard about this uh, this morning, but a uh, the Mall of America in Minnesota, which is like one of the biggest malls in the country. I know at one point it was the biggest. I don't know if it still is or not, but it's it, it's got to be in the top five or whatever. It's a roller coaster inside of there, for Christ's sake. 
And if you've never been, it's amazing. There's like four nightclubs in it. There's, I mean, dude, this, it's not a mall. This, I mean, it's something else. And for the first time ever, ever, the Mall of America in Minnesota is going to have a black Santa Claus, African-American Santa Claus. And I saw this yesterday and went, okay, so what? So what? Right? How many times have you gone? I mean, I've seen black Santas at stores a million times. It, going back to maybe even when I was a kid. I'm 40. So I've seen this. So I didn't understand why this made headlines. I didn't get it. And then I was like, oh, yeah, the Internet is why this made headlines. Of course, because we have everybody's opinion at our fingertips now, which, of course, is awful. Because, like I always say to you, a lot of people out there are going to let you down and a lot of people out there are just going to be awful. And so, of course, people took to Twitter because that's where people go to be angry and are all up in arms over the fact that a black guy is going to be Santa Claus at the mall, which I don't understand. Do you think your five-year-old cares? Your five-year-old just wants a BB gun. They just want a Hatchimal or whatever the hell they're called this year. That's all they want. They don't care about Santa being white. Right? Like I said earlier, dude, I definitely think if your kid has seen nothing but white Santa their entire life, I think they're going to ask the question. I don't think that necessarily makes like them a racist or you a racist no, parent dude, or anything like that. kids just are curious. But I, I can understand why there is that like, ooh, I'm going to have to say something about this. Okay, I now, get that. Now, we talked about this earlier, and you and I share this opinion, I believe, which is... If you didn't realize that tough conversations with your children were going to be part of being a parent, then I don't really think you were totally prepared to be a parent. Now, if you say to me, these conversations are tougher than I thought they would be, okay, I, you know, sure. I'll, I'll meet you there. I'll meet you there. But just because something's tougher than you thought it was going to be doesn't mean you don't have to do it. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure paying for your kid to go to, you know, go to college and like, you harder know, it's than you harder than it you thought be. and making sure they have all the stuff they need, it's harder than you thought, but you still got to do it. Still your responsibility yeah. to do it. Now, we're talking about Black Santa here, and we're like, okay, that's fine. What if they started doing Female Santa? I don't have a problem with Female Santa. Hmm. Does it matter if Santa Claus stays a man? I don't I don't think so. I mean, if this is going to be important next year that we flip the gender roles and like, well, you know, only Santa, you know, Santa's wife stays home while Santa's out, you know, are you trying to say Mrs. Claus can't do things? I'm sure that's going to be one of these at some point. Middle Eastern Santa? I don't really it doesn't bother me. Mohammed Claus? Well, let's not change his name. You know what I mean? It's not Jerome Claus in Minnesota right now. You know what I mean? They're still calling him Santa. So let's let's not change his name. What's up? I'm Reggie Claus. Whoa, whoa, Uncle Reg. Ah, I, I, but I but I don't get this. I don't understand why why people would be upset about this. And of course, as a guy who has a job where he can speak to people on and and a mass level where multiple people can hear you at any given time, and we have Twitter, we have mm-hmm. everybody's opinions via Twitter. I'm going to get some reaction, obviously, when I talk about these kinds of things. And people have had some interesting things to say and i'm gonna leave their names out of it because honestly i'm not wild about these opinions and i don't want other people attacking you for your opinion but i'm not crazy about your opinions and i'll be honest a guy wrote in earlier when we were talking about this about two hours ago and says is being upset about breaking tradition racist how many white people celebrate kwanzaa in black neighborhoods okay 
And I said, my response to that was, is you're using tradition as a code word for I want a white Santa. And then he went back then to Thanksgiving. Well, is Thanksgiving code for, you know, when we took a country from a bunch of people and murdered them? And I said, well, if you remember correctly, during the whole Chief Wahoo conversation, that's what I was saying, which is. I don't care what Thanksgiving really is. You ask most most Americans, it's the day we kick the Indians' ass. That's the day, and we celebrate that. That is a little messed up. I do believe that that's a little messed up. I think that most people are just like, hey, it's my family, it's turkey, it's stovetop, and, and, and it's great. I would agree that there is definitely a huge portion of that. No need to go backwards on that now. It's just, you know, this is, this is the argument this guy was trying to use. Then another guy asked me, he goes, well, you know, what's the African-American population? I'm cleaning up the language. What's the African-American Yeesh. population in Minnesota? And I said, well, it's a major metropolitan city. Bigger than, I believe, Minnesota, I believe the Twin Cities is bigger than Cleveland. Pretty sure. Well, if you if you consider Minneapolis and St. Paul, Paul, the I Twin Cities, probably I'm, assume so. I'm pretty sure it's bigger. So any major metropolitan city is going to have a pretty decent population of all groups, I would imagine. Okay. So then I got hit back with, well, you know, statewide, it's only five percent black. Okay, well that's statewide. Minneapolis, Minnesota, nineteen percent black. Okay, now let me ask you, America, is that? Black enough for an African-American Santa Claus? How black does the city got to be before this is okay? Right. I mean, now listen, black black Santa in Louisville, I don't know if that's necessarily going to make all the sense, but Minneapolis, I think it makes some sense. I, I don't get it. I would have no issue with that. None. And I think if you do have an issue with it, it's, I hate to say this, but I think it's because you want people to stay in their lane. I think you want the I think you like the narrative that black people steal your Christmas presents and a white dude passes them out to you. Right? I mean, if there's another reason, I'm open to hear it. I'm open to hear it. But I can't think of one. And a guy told me, he goes, Well, my problem with it is 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 simply financial. He says, my problem with it is simply financial. Santa's helpers are not free. Is the black is the black population enough to support his employment? What? Wait, is he talking about like elves? I don't know, but there's straws. <laughs> and there, dude, that, dude, there are straws in the air, and you're grasping at them. And we you're all, grasping at them. We all recognize that Santa is not real. Therefore, he can be whatever we want him to be, right? It's not real. <laughs> Our original hater, Ken, is back and says, this is what I'm saying, three hours on Black Santa, Zzz, as if you're sleeping. Well, Ken, your dumbass is still listening, and it hasn't been three hours on Santa. I did 10 minutes earlier on it, and I'm doing 10 minutes on it now. Dude, Ken, write in and tell me where you work so I can come in and, and critique you all day, you dumbass. This goes to the bigger thing I'm always talking about, which is, dude, Twitter is just a place for angry people to hang out and bitch about things. And thank God only 20% of the U.S. population is on Twitter. Thank God it's not everyone. Thank God it's only the extremists on both sides that are actually on this stuff. Thank God it's only 20% of black people in Minneapolis. We might have to have a black guy here. I don't get it. I think if you're afraid to let your kids see a black Santa, I do. I, I, now, look, maybe there's an answer that, I don't, that I'm not thinking of. But off the top of my head, it sounds like pretty awful. 
Sounds pretty awful to me. So this guy can stop by every Christian household in the world over the course of one night. He's got nine flying reindeer. He comes down through your chimney, but there's no way he could be black. How can I expect my kids to believe that? This Santa, by the way, in Minnesota that everybody's pissed off about, including Ken, because I'm talking about a black Santa in Minnesota. This black Santa, by the way, served his country. He's a vet, by the way. Remember? So the same people support the troops, support the troops, support the troops are the same people who want to remove a black Santa. Quit saying stuff just to say stuff. This is terrible. And again, David writes in the best point ever. This is all over a fictional version of St. Nicholas. This is because you want to reinforce, you want to reinforce that Santa's white because he's doing something cool for you and you don't want to send the message to your kids that black people can be nice to you. At least I think that's what it is. I could be wrong. I'm not saying definitively, but it definitely sounds that way. And all the anti-black Santa arguments I've heard all come pretty close to pretty close to negative feelings towards race. Every example I've given you, every example that was tweeted into me comes pretty close to, uh, ugh, I'm not standing next to that. Ugh, I'm not standing next to that statement. And again, we are allowed to disagree. We're allowed to have differences of opinion. We're allowed to think differently and we can still enjoy one another. But yeah, Ken, when this kind of stuff happens, I'm going to examine it because that's what I get paid to do. Get off your fat, lazy ass, walk over to the radio where you work, and change the goddamn station. Just do it. So I don't have to hear your fat, stupid mouth run anymore, and that way you don't have to hear my fat, stupid mouth run anymore. God, that guy annoys the hell out of me, dude. He does. He just annoys the hell out of me because he bitches about things that aren't even true. Sweet sounds of Bing Crosby and Stansberry. And just me taking Ken and smashing his face into the pavement. I'm not a violent person, but I would punch this fat dude right in his mouth. Yeah. The rest of you, I'm going to be pretty nice to you. Skinny Santa, you can have a problem with him? Well, I mean, there are only so many jobs us fat dudes can get. So let's, let's leave Santa fat. Hashtag make Santa fat again. It's terrible. It's terrible. Oh my god, there's a black Santa Claus. Tradition is being screwed with. Good. Good. Sometimes tradition needs to be screwed with. Good. We'll give you those Rock on the Range tickets. Next on Rock 106.9. Simply Sailing. 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9, online at WRQK.com. I don't know if you heard about this, but Minnesota has a black Santa. People are losing their mind about it. Talked about that twice today, and apparently that's too much. It's too much for people. We do have Rock on the Range tickets, a pair of three-day passes. We'll give you those in just a few minutes. 1-800-243-7625, the number you'll need for those. Again, I want to make a uh, uh, programming uh, note. That we had said that tomorrow was the day, but it's actually the 13th. That if you go to Buzzbin, you'll be able to see Midget Wrestling on the 13th. Yeah, I'm going to that. That'll be an interesting venue to see. So on the 13th is when you can do that. Mark Miller uh, tweeted this, and I I didn't know this. He says, uh, Canton Central, one state, 
Indeed they did, dude. Well, the Crusaders. There you go. Uh, well, there you go. State champions right there. Obviously, shout out to them. Huge accomplishment for them. Beat Coldwell, yeah. uh, which I know they played last year in the finals. Uh, a quick, you know, a, a, a secondary shout out, I guess, to the Perry Panthers, who were not victorious, but nonetheless still a, uh, you know, a contender for it. Damn so, good run. Yeah, you can't Damn complain about that. There you go there. So uh, congratulations to the Crusaders there. I no longer date this woman, but uh, around this time last year, I was dating a, a, a lovely young woman, and uh, she had gotten wrapped up in one of these new like trends where adults are starting to color. Okay. And I remember I had to go to like um, I think it was Cook's Art Supply, and I like she sent me on a mission to like find these colored pencils. There was like a special brand that she needed, and only like this place right by us had like all sixty four in one box, and it was not cheap. It cost me a lot of money to buy those. It was not cheap, but she became like an adult colorer. Like she claimed when she got home from work, it like calmed her <laughs> down and it helped her relax and the like. And I remember we made fun of it multiple times on the program. About it, I remember that because I went home and I took a beating from her. It's like, how dare you make fun of me all day about coloring? But adult coloring has become a huge thing, and I've seen now infomercials on you know adult coloring books and you know all, all this stuff that you can buy and the pencils and you know people say it can help you with your anxiety and this and that. Now look, all different kinds of things can help you calm down. I I don't know the science behind coloring making people not you know hurt themselves. I don't know I, I don't I don't know the science behind that. No, listen, I'm sure there's people out there who are like, oh yeah, coloring it really actually helped my anxiety, calms and, me down. I'm sure, wait, wait, like five people out there. Everyone else is just like, oh hey, there's a fad going on and oh I love nostalgia and I remember when I was a little kid and I used to color it was so much fun and that's much more what it is like I I, I, I can't remember what it was like Valentine's Day one of like the secondary things I got my girlfriend was the coloring book and she did it for like three days and then she was like all right this is stupid and what am I doing like all right that was a waste of $12 I believe that's probably how most people have handled this yeah and I just want to say if you're one of those people who are sitting there with an adult coloring book in your house right now take those colored pencils that you bought that you said you were going to use and go donate them to some charity or something like that instead of just letting your crayons sit there you know there's some kid in the ghetto right now who would actually enjoy coloring right now so Dude, don't go to ghetto oh, don't go to black kids it's gonna say- make no it's gonna make ken all mad give you those give those colored pencils to white kids so ken doesn't write me in anymore and bitch about what i'm talking about i didn't say colored i said coloring oh coloring. Oh, coloring. oh oh okay oh oh right. oh 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 Ken does not like when we're nice to the black people. No, he does not. He does not like that. He hates when we're nice to the black people. Hates when I'm nice to LeBron James. Hates when I'm nice to the black Santa. Doesn't like it. Doesn't like it. The reason why I bring adult coloring up is, you know who's doubling down on this? Who's that? I'm sorry. I got to drink a little of this. All right. Take a little break there. Sorry. I I don't know. Something happened to the back of the throat there. Guess who's doubling down on adult coloring? Who's that? You won't believe this. Who is it? Pornhub. Is doubling down. Not what I was going to get. Exactly. That's exactly what we're talking about. It. They are releasing an adult themed coloring book. And dude, it's graphic. I'm looking at some of the photos right here. They have Santa in a threesome. That's not great. I mean, for Santa, I guess it's pretty cool. But I, for my, I mean, this is this is not great. It's like a graphic X rated coloring book. Like, look at this photo of, of of Christmas morning. Look at that. Is that how you want to think of Santa? A little, a little, a little, in a DP? No, no. I don't, yeah. I, I don't know if rimming is the way that I want my uh, my Santa Claus there. Oof, oof, oof. 
The official press release for the raunchy coloring book also states that the scenes displayed in the sketches are inspired by notable real-life studios like Brazzers, Reality Kings, and Twisties. Cam Soda, all those kind of places. Apparently, they've been altered for the sake of the coloring book, but the portrayal still exists. The not-safe-for-work coloring book, obviously, as it's totally great. I'm looking at the photo. It's graphic. It's available for pre-order on on December 1st, so about four days now it's been on sale. You can get it on Pornhub's apparel website for $20 they're getting you for this. Now, obviously, I've seen the Pornhub apparel part of the site. I have not. I didn't know. What is Pornhub apparel? They'll run little, like, advertisements on the side. You can buy, like, a hat that says Pornhub or something like that. But, dude, that's really... A, a leap there where like okay if you decide that you know hey I don't want to steal pornography because that's you know unethical I understand that you know somebody deserves to get paid for your entertainment if you wouldn't steal a movie if you wouldn't steal music why would you steal pornography I understand yeah, that. I've always been conflicted on that but at the end of the day if you decide, like, you know what I need to do is put Pornhub on my hat or put Pornhub on my shirt or put Pornhub in my coloring routine, I don't know. What, what do you have going on in life where, where, where you've got to wear it so proudly, where you've got, like, I, I don't get that. Yeah, I couldn't wear a Pornhub nah, t-shirt. Nah. I could use a Pornhub t-shirt. <laughs> I could not wear one. We'll pass out those tickets for Rock on the Range to end the program. We'll do it next on the Sandsbury Show. 6 9 <laughs> Welcome back to the Stansbury Show on Rock 106.9. Online for you, WRQK.com. You can head over there and uh, check out Portland's answer to the Minnesota racist or the Minnesota Black Santa Claus. Portland, uh, for all of you who are uncomfortable with the Black Santa, Portland has Portland has your Santa. And check that out there. Also, uh, there, we posted a video of a woman like undressing and then taking a taser to her private area. And I don't know why you would do that. I don't, I don't know why. why you would do that, but uh, dude, I must have watched that thirty times this morning. It's uh, that had to hurt like hell. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, dude, dude, you know, electric shocking your genitals. That's gotta, it's gotta hurt. I told the story a couple of times. My, we do oh, like my mom was like afraid to go to like shopping centers, but you know, by herself and and the like. A long story short, a family member of mine. Um, had been raped at Randall Park Mall back in the day. And my mom was like getting ready to do some Christmas shopping around that time. And she was like very hesitant to go. She didn't want to go. Of course. And uh, yeah, obviously, you know, when it happens to somebody you know, things like that hit home. And uh, so my brother had bought my mom a uh, like a taser for, uh, for Christmas that year so she could put it in her purse and feel a little safer. And so, of course, he presents it to my mom on Christmas Day as like, see, I'm such a good son. I care about you and I care about your safety. And and I mean the moment my parents weren't looking, he held me down and tased my ass with that thing like 50 times that morning. It was like the worst (laughs) Christmas ever. It was like the worst Christmas ever. And so like I don't. And so having felt it on like my ass cheek where there's plenty of skin, I don't do putting it up against something very sensitive the way that I would imagine the. The vaginal region is, yikes! I don't understand why you would do that. Like, I don't get it. Eh, different strokes, different folks. This is probably something that she uh, she wanted to experiment with, and maybe it worked out well for her. No, you know? it's online at wrqk.com. The experiment was filmed, and we can view it. It's like licking a nine volt battery, except with your vagina. Oh, bro, I didn't <laughs> like that. <laughs> Dude, 
dude, don't say, you know what, never mind. All right. I'm, I'm not, I guess I mean, if I'm going to tell you not to say it, I guess I shouldn't go. Go on. You know what, dude, don't say this. And then, you know, recite it. Probably shouldn't do that there. I know a lot of you want to go to Rock on the Range. Huge show. May 19th, 20th, 21st, Matt Fire Stadium in Columbus. We're going to end the program by giving you tickets. Call our 20 at 1-800-243-7625. You're off to check out Rock on the Range. Aside from that, we are done for the day. And we will be back at it live tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. on Rock 106.9. You guys have a great day. See you. Yo, Canton, Ohio. It is Fantone from the Stansberry Show. And let's be real. Nothing worse than when you sign that long-term contract with a wireless provider that you feel like you can't get out of. You know, maybe your situation is switch and you've outgrown your old wireless plan, or maybe your old provider doesn't have the smartphone you want. But no matter why you're ready to make the switch, AT&T is ready to help you do it. And that's why they're giving you up to 650 bucks worth of credits per line when you make the switch to the AT&T Next Network. Real easy to do, too. All you've got to do is trade in your current smartphones and get new ones on the AT&T Next Network. So yeah, now is the time to act because AT&T, they're giving you more money to make the switch. But here's the deal, people. This deal is not going to be around forever. You're going to want to stop by your local AT&T store today and find out all the details. AT&T, mobilizing your world. Each line requires eligible porting, trade-in, purchase, and service. Get minimum of $5 trading credit plus prepaid card in amount of device balance or early termination fees less trade-ins. Fees, charges, and restrictions apply. See store for details.